Hello! Welcome to Waiting for Game, a podcast presented by Melee Stats. And uh, we're here on a, what, what fucking four-week hiatus? <laughs> what are we going back from? We're going back from a little hiatus to, uh, to have a big episode, because we got to talk about the big house. We have not only one of the biggest majors of the year coming up uh, this weekend, but really one of the most stacked majors that we've seen in, you know, in a long time, right? You know, obviously... Just at the big house, they're always the big ones, but but really it feels like these past couple of years, like post-pandemic, that these majors are getting more and more people from not only the top 100, but also just like throughout uh, regional PRs, throughout just uh, like a lot of hidden bosses. So we are going to see some amazing stories here. We're going to see some amazing players. And to, uh, to talk about these amazing stories and amazing players, we have some amazing people. We have... Um, People who are top players in their own right. We have people who are historians, storytellers of the game to hear and talk with us. Of course, I'm talking about my good friend, Edwin Budding. Hello, Edwin. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I have so many words I want to say uh, about everything that's happening this weekend, about so much that's happened in the scene since our, I guess, brief hiatus began. I don't even know where to begin, but I'm happy to be talking about it with you, Wheat, and I'm happy to be talking about it with two wonderful people in Zamu and Dark Gen X. Um, just first starting with Zamu. Zamu, how, how you doing? Hi, I'm, I'm good. I'm excited for Big House, just like all of us, and excited to, to talk about video game. Mm, we love video game. And uh, Justin, how's it going? It's been a little bit since your last episode on. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to get all those check marks so I can get my jacket. Yeah, Almost I think there. we stopped with the jacket. Uh, 50 now, it's 50. It used to be five, it's 50. We'll get there, we'll get there. But I'm feeling great. I feel like today I changed Melee for the better. And uh, with the release of the Elephant Daisy mod, yes. I think that Melee is going to be on an upward trajectory now. So You I'm know, some could say the biggest uh, release that was uh, related to Melee Online today that happened today was the the mod of daisy but she uh is an elephant yeah i think uh you know i've been watching a lot of horror movies this month but uh i think that was the scariest thing i've seen it was very unsettling in a way very unsettling yeah i i'm disgusted thoroughly uh i thought she looked great but that's just me i guess i'm just progressive in a way that the rest of this uh crew is not (laughs) an elephant never forgets uh, let's, before we get to all of this, uh, stuff with the big house, you know, we've got a lot to talk about with the big house, so let's not talk about elephants any longer, but before we get there, uh, yeah, just a quick, you know, quick check-in, uh, because it's been a little bit since we did our episode, um, I don't know, God, what was it, Riptide? Jesus Christ. Uh, it's been a little bit since our last episode, so we have a little bit to catch up on, and, uh, you know, if you are someone who's kind of been following Melee, following what's going on, you probably saw this, but for those who haven't, we are partnering with GG this year for the top 100. We're going to do a top 100 reveal. Well, I don't know. Not the whole thing. But we're going to be doing a reveal at the Golden Gauntlet at the end of the year. It's going to be uh, it's going to be very cool. I'm very excited. we got some fun stuff in the works. And yeah, I mean, it's just it's great to work with, uh, with someone like GG for this. And I really do think that what... You know what? What it's going to be is going to be pretty amazing. So if you if you like what we did before with the past iterations of it, I think this one's going to be a great one as well. Um, but speaking about that top one hundred, it's wide open. <laughs> like it's it's what October? We're in late October, and yet so many things can change. And and if we're talking about events that are really going to set their mark, like make their mark and shit and make big changes to the list, it's got to be the big house, right? I don't think there's any event 
more than the big house each year that that like really is make or break for so many people. Uh, so we're going to be seeing that we're going to be seeing a lot of people at the top who have the ability to to go further to to you know move up the ranks. We're seeing a lot of people who could maybe just make top 100 because of this event by itself, just this event alone. Um, like the power of the big house in regards to the top 100, I think is is barely uh, you know almost unmatched. Um, but yeah, Edwin, we've got a lot going on here. This is, you know, we, we can talk a lot about, oh, it's one of the most stacked tournaments of all time. We talked about that for last Big House, and Genesis usually falls in this uh, as well. Do you want to kind of give some context as to how stacked this is? Because, you know, we, we always say, oh, most stacked, most stacked, whatever. Um, you are obviously a Melee historian. You've been around the block a little bit. Do you want to talk about kind of where this one ranks in terms of the other really stacked majors that we've seen over the years? Yeah, of course. So I just want to put this for perspective, right? The... The list of people who can win majors every year is always shifting, right? It's, you know, that it used to be for, for a lot of years, it used to be like five people that could win tournaments, Re really three, if you think about the biggest ones, right? And just over time, we've seen that list grow into more and more players who are able to win majors or able to have paths that could help them uh, win majors at, at some point. But I think uh, something that we've seen as that list has kind of got, gotten a lot bigger is that it's very difficult to get people in the same room. <laughs> especially at the top level. I mean, you, you saw last year, even the Big House 10, something that was considered on the spot, I think for a lot of people, the hardest tournament ever, which is not unreasonable, but not as definitive as I think people put it out to be. But regardless, you had events that were able to get JMook, but they weren't able to get Plup. You had events that were able to get Plup, but they weren't able to get JMook. And this is, this is something that we've seen throughout, you know, mainly this decade, right? Uh, since since the pandemic, really, we, we've seen a lot of events where everyone happens to be in the same room, but then somebody DQs or everybody is supposed to be in the same room, but then somebody doesn't fly to the event because they're sick or they get COVID or whatever. So when I say that this event is pure is like the most stacked at the top level it's ever been right now, that that's coming from a place of knowing that there's 10 people who can win majors right now. And for the first time, Ever when there's been this many people at the top level that can win majors, they're all coming to the same place right now. Now, fingers crossed that there's no DQs or no no sickness, no other reason for, for someone not showing up. But by the numbers, this is going to be the most, this is probably the most amount of people that have been able to win a super major ever. And they're all supposed to be in the same building right now. And for melee. <laughs> yeah, for, for melee, yes. And <laughs> not, not even, the same side with the big house for ultimate, yeah. but we don't need to get into that. <laughs> and, and 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 I will say that even discounting that top 10, you got like 40 top 50 players that are coming here. This is a you know, if if we're talking about offline events like majors since the pandemic ended, like since Summit 11 or so, maybe, maybe since Genesis 8, if you consider that more of like the, the starting point for offline events again. You know, you're not going to find events bigger than this. We thought we saw it last year at the Big House 10. Then we thought we might have it with the Ludwig Smash Invitational. And I got to say, I mean, you, you got some killer matches happening just to make it to round two pools. And then within round two pools, you have so many killer matches. And top 64, I mean, just forget about it. So I think, you know, I'm not out of my element when I say that this decade, this could be the most stacked event. That we've seen ever when you take into account the number of people who can win majors when you take into account the presence of all of them at this event when you take into account even even potential dqs the the death of talent beneath them i really think this is a one-of-a-kind event like even 
like per per perhaps even more so than Genesis when you consider the top echelon. Um, Justin or Dark Gen X, what do you think about this? Uh, where where does this event rank in in your mind and in recent memory? I think there's something more like I, everything you said, spot on, 100% agree with. And I think something else to note is that this year specifically, there have been significantly less majors as a result of BGBC, as a result of BTS, both ceasing to exist with major operations as of this year, there have been less events in general. So yeah, like in the previous years, we'd have an event with JMook and No Plup, an event with Cody and No Zane, etc. But there were more of them. This year, not really that many. Like Plup and Leppin both almost didn't make top 50 activity for the summer because of how seldom they attended events. For the first time, that entire range of players and Wizzy, because Wizzy didn't go to Genesis, the whole range of players is here, plus a stacked amount of top 50 players. I think it's 41 of the top 50 are currently here, plus a bunch of people who are going to be top 100 or who have been top 100 in the past. Like the, a player who was top 100 last year, Eggy, is seated like in the 100s. That's just how stacked this tournament is. And in the all time like list of most stacked, most difficult tournaments of all time, it might be this. Yeah, I, I think um, <laughs> it's hard to hear us say this all the time, right? Because we said this about Big House last year, uh, and Genesis always kind of feels like, if you just look at the top 50 or top 100, Genesis usually has a lot of those people. So it could fall on deaf ears if we keep repeating this, but I do think it's true. <laughs> like the reason why we keep repeating it is because events like this kind of keep outdoing themselves. I think the big house 10 last year, um, you know, maybe not the most stacked and most difficult tournament of all time, but certainly up there, uh, at, at least not definitively. And, and like, I think that this is legitimately a harder event to win, or it's an event that has even more talent. Now, Zamu, um, you are a player who has, you know, you were what top 50, <laughs> 2019 or something like that before the pandemic um how has this shift seemed to you obviously you've uh yourself have risen up the ranks but how do you view like the entire top echelon of of the game uh now compared to what it was pre-pandemic um yeah i mean there are so many really really good players and it's so kind of pre-pandemic i I, th I feel as though um people are everyone people are much more it's much more possible for the top top players to lose than like ever before um and that's like really cool because it's also the top top players are still like so much better than everyone else um and so i'm really i think it's cool that we'll get to i think like as when earlier when edwin was just kind of talking about how like all of the people that could win a major are there um and things like that. I was like, I feel like that kind of thing bodes so well for like Zane and Cody, um, basically. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be, it's definitely an event that like couldn't have, it, but just based on how Melee players' skills are now, this event like couldn't have happened a few years ago. It couldn't have been like as cool as it is because there was too much of a gap i think mm -hmm. and now it's not the case we can see so much cool melee yeah i think before the pandemic we started to see a little bit of a shift right you know as you obviously left in 
uh, in like 2015 or so, and then you get Plup coming along. But really, these things all kind of felt incremental, right? It felt like one person was added to the list, and then like, oh, now this year it's going to be Zane who could win. Or, but it really felt like since the pandemic that not only have those players uh, all been able to to still pull their weight, you know, the, I guess the ones who stayed around, uh, but we are just adding people at rates that it wasn't happening years. Rollback snow, rollback netcode snowballed melee yeah. skill immensely. And yeah, I think like it took a little bit for the, I don't know, for the scene to kind of be in a place where we're able to have enough majors. I think 2021, we were seeing some interesting things. I think Polish obviously being a big story, but like in terms of actually who could win, it felt like a pretty normal crew. And then as we get to see 2022, a full year of melee in 2023, we're seeing this number like get bigger and bigger. And and it might not be like new people necessarily, but it's the combination of... <clears throat> You know, JMook, new players like that. It's a combination of Wizzy, Plup, like players who are coming back from kind of, uh, you know, shine away from the limelight. And I just think like, yeah, what you talk about, we always, the five gods, we knew that type of stuff. It really kind of felt like, Ed, when you mentioned this, it really felt like three people at, at any point, right? And those three people could change. And it was probably Armada and HBox and someone else. But for for most of it, it kind of felt like, there's a very few, like the the short, the list of people who could win was very short. And now, I don't know. I think I could see Wizzy winning this. I think I could see Plup winning this. Like Leffen, it, fucking H box. He's got a hard path, but he could make it. I think Mango can can definitely win with his path. And then like that's not even counting the people who have won these big majors, right? So it, it's definitely something that we haven't seen before. And I don't know. I hope we get to continue seeing this. This is obviously a special event. Um, and it will be a special event anytime this happens. But I do kind of hope that this feeling of everyone is here in the top 10 um, is maybe not as special. I hope that, that we get to see that a little more because the idea of like 10 players who can win a major all being at one, I think that should happen more than once a year. And and hopefully we're able to see that happen. I, I do think that there's a lot of reasons why it might not happen that get into the bigger social socioeconomic <laughs> um, problems, but, but we don't need to, to dig into that too much. Um, we're going to talk about all these players who can win. We're going to get to that later because, as we mentioned, it's not just the top, right? The Big House is obviously a stack tournament at the top. Some of them probably, you know, the, the most open field for any ma super major ever. Uh, but in addition to that, we are, like, we are ripe for upsets here. We're going to see some Cinderella runs. We're going to see some some crazy stuff happening here. Uh, and and I think that, you know, it's, it's really uh, good to happen at the Big House because the big house has represented a lot of things throughout its its life, right? It's been this super major. It's been this kind of year ending bookend with Genesis, but um, it kind of started as this big thing in the Midwest, right? And it still holds a lot of that Midwest energy. And, you know, Zami, you mentioned rollback. I think rollback's amazing, but it does kind of like obscure regionalism uh, the ways that it used to be before the pandemic. So it's always good to see events like this that are able to really wear that that like regional pride on their chest you like uh, you know when you go to the big house it is not only very clear that you're in uh michigan because it's super cold but but like the atmosphere that um jungle guy sets up there it really just feels like you are representing the midwest when you're there um so so talk about players who are representing the midwest let's talk about some players who can make a deep run here because i think that we're at a kind of a weird middle ground in the midwest where we're seeing a lot of new players pop up but we're not um 
like a lot of the big names I think are people who we've seen established recently and, and we're kind of breaking through that with like the ossifies of the world coming through. So Edwin, do you have any eyes on like a Midwest players or like any, any people here who can, uh, can make some big runs, make some upsets and kind of, uh, kind of do what ossify did at, uh, at like riptide when we all called it. <laughs> Is there any, any kind of level of like that type of player that you see? Yeah. So my God, it's so difficult to just pick one, right? Like you go through the whole, you go through the entirety of round two pools, trying to trying to find Midwest players that could break out, or just really anyone. You're gonna be you're gonna be drowning, right? But there is one person that I want to mention that I think still qualifies as a Midwest breakout pick, and that is the legendary box fox by the name of Zealot. Now, the whole thing with Zealot is that this guy was super good right before the pandemic. Then during the pandemic, he had this huge glow up of sorts. Uh, he started dominating a lot of a lot of uh, other players online. His his whole reputation was just like beating the chic players super bad, but partic particularly with the style that just kind of like obliterated a bunch of them, except just J Jason, I guess. But like he he that was like a matchup he was really good in. He was also really good in the Fox Ditto. I remember the the Z Foxes of Zealot, Zuppy, and Zamu all having these really fun sets that I would I would watch during like the Salt Mine. Were they whatever. fun, Zamu? Yeah. Okay. Zealot is one of my favorite players on this planet to play. Sure. Yeah. And Zealot just uh I, I think that guy is just insanely good. He was at Redemption Rumble, like right at the end of last year. And uh he's he's like a common name that'll come up. Like if if you ever hear about him, like the topic of national Arcadian comes up, like mm. one that excludes the top hundred, not just the summer rank <laughs> top fifty. Like Zealot is one of those guys who you you know, you see his name enter that discussion as someone who could possibly win that type of event. I think that guy is just like insanely good at the game but he he doesn't really enter that much nowadays but it's interesting seeing him enter this event uh, last time i checked the bracket when i was doing my preview for money morning marth earlier this week i, I noticed that he was in a pool with moki and projected for a round two pool with moki cop uh and preeminent and i think and the last time i checked he was set to play preeminent to make it to the qualifier to make it to top 64 so I don't know if he, if he gets a preeminent win, I think that's pretty good. If he beats preeminent, he's set to play Moki. Moki, you know, obviously one of the, one of the players that can win this event. So that's, that's certainly a tall order for anyone, but Zell and a Fox ditto. You never know. Even if he loses to Moki, he could make a really big losers run uh, that, you know, out of so many different Midwest players, I could, I, I could bring up. That's the guy that I think uh, that's a guy I think that's kind of slipping under the radar that could make a huge run here. Mm -hmm. uh yeah i think zell is a great pick because he has kind of embodied that that type of like could be top 100 if he went to stuff and we haven't really seen him for the full year i think we saw him oddly enough at redemption rumble uh contentious <laughs> contentious event at the beginning of the year and now we're going to kind of see him at the end of the year um and I, I really just think in terms of someone like that if you give Zelda a full year of majors, a full year of regional stuff like that um yeah we're, we're that could very well be a player who not only He's in the top 100, but could shoot up it very quickly. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pick a player who, if this is uh, who I believe them to be, I think that they, they also fill that role of like someone who's very known for online stuff and someone who was, yeah, really made their mark in the era that we all couldn't leave our houses and, and has not really uh, filled that since. And I'm also going to go with another Colorado player. I'm going to go with a player who is... Uh, Mainly, if you say their tag, it, it's affixed with the the prefix um, "who is," <laughs> which I'm talking about. Ultra, uh, you know, known as Acid. Um, 
search any discord for who is ultra and who is acid and i'm sure you'll have a lot of <laughs> a lot of pings on that so acid uh or ultra i guess now is um their fox player from colorado uh they had some really funky results in the uh in the like post uh slippy <laughs> i forgot what slippy was called in the post slippy age uh in, in terms of like online play um i'm sure they had their their you know pre-rollback uh stuff there as well but like in the rollback era they had some really good wins i believe acid had like an s-fat win or something like that right i know he took plop, plop. he beat plop yeah. online beat it was plop. a lot yeah yeah i also just want to quickly mention that i i know i mentioned colorado but the reason i the reason i or i mentioned zealot but the reason i brought up zealot is because he's also ohio that's I why think he's no that's longer why, ohio ever again but that's why i said like he, he kind of counts as a he does kind of count for, for me right like we're maybe, stretching maybe the uh, definition here. I'm also going to say Jello, and that's kind of Midwest if you think about it. <laughs> the northwest if, of the United the States northwest. is the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, if you if you look at the globe, there's a whole other thing over there, right? Just because there's an ocean between it doesn't mean it shouldn't count. Yeah, it's all rel- relative, really. Well, I mean, Alaska. There's so many players to talk about. Alaska like, is yeah. in America, and that's very far west. <laughs> That's true. And, and if we're calling it Midwest, certainly Washington would count. <laughs> so Hawaii is pretty far west too, and I'm sure Dova lives on one of the middle islands in Hawaii. So true. Is that Midwest? I mean, I I buy it. I'm down. I'll even call Pittsburgh Midwest. <laughs> I'll go crazy. <laughs> they might be the uh, ones that get most offended by that. Okay, so I call. I said Jello. I said Ultra. These players don't count as Midwest. I'm gonna say Papa. Then I'm gonna give no explanation as to why I picked Papa. There go. I'll just leave it at that. Zama, you are actually a Midwest player. You're right. I, we, you, you are not from Pittsburgh. You are not from Hawaii. One well, of the Middle Islands, of course. You're not from Alaska or Washington, uh, but you actually are from the Midwest. So I know that you have a lot of a lot of time playing a lot of Midwest players. A lot of uh, history with this. Um, are there any players here who you have kind of picked out as people who might not like be known to the larger audience who are going to do uh you know going to surprise some people here nope okay um yeah i don't i i I haven't i haven't looked except for at my own bracket and i barely looked at that i might surprise people though i I have a good bracket true and you are a midwest player so that would count who do you think is good in the midwest no research pure vibes (laughs) tell me um that that aren't like obvious picks like ginger um i i don't know ossify we all know that guy's good now um shabba won't Ossify's be going fish into b bats i i think sell ossify stock right now yeah that's horrifying I'm, I'm buying it back after uh after the big house but for for this second i'm selling From what i've we learned got- colorado is just broken yeah what, like fish bait plus ultra plus zealot yeah, if, they, if any the of them thing. ever go to things. <laughs> yeah, Fishbait's whole thing is that, like, he goes to an event and beats, like, Mott Money or whatever. Then he disappears like a ghost for a while. Then he comes back and then, like, he might lose to, like, Alberto or something. But then he, like, returns again to defeat Cam or whatever before coming before disappearing again for, like, four months. Fishbait, that guy is, I, I don't have it. I, I, I don't understand him. He also had that like huge Genesis run right before the pandemic. You guys remember he beat like Null and Kalamazoo or something? Like I got that guy's crazy. Also, not a Midwest player, <laughs> but yeah, so, like, <laughs> this is actually the Colorado section. <laughs> God damn it. 
Colorado's, wait, you might as well accept them. I should have never brought up Zealot. Why did I bring up Zealot? I was so excited to bring up Zealot because I thought I could sneak him by because of his. It didn't work. <laughs> now we're just talking about Colorado. Oh my God. All right. I'm sorry, here. listener of this podcast. We're talking, there's a lot of good players at the Zealot, event. Who's your favorite player from Colorado? Zealot. Zealot, okay. Zealot, I mean, you, you could. Zealot's probably in my like top five favorite players, so it's that's an easy pick. Let's spend the next got, thirty minutes talking about what happens if Cyrox comes back. Oh, that would be sick. I think that would be. It, there's definitely a bunch of Midwest players going to this event, and I do not think like there's anything crazy that's going to happen with Midwest players. Unfortunately, it would be cool. I would. I would. I'll gladly be happily surprised. I yeah, think it feels one. like. Some people are kind of primed for interesting runs, but I think you're right. For the most part, Midwest is kind of this thing where, like, the players who are going to do well at the big house, we all know. They're all known on the big stage, even, like, the ossifies of the world, you know. Um, I do think that there's not a lot of people who are going to have, like, a huge breakout. You have some people who I think can confuse people in terms of, like, you know, like David. I think David is a player who uh, not many people know about. I think last tournament beat <laughs> Butter Donkey. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, David has a very just a bizarre arc. It's like he he dedicated he dedicated so much of the so much of his time in melee towards defeat defeating the great evil of Jigglypuff until well, it suddenly just that's David, a different yes. David. That's NC David. That is a oh, David which who David, defeated. Wait, a lot which of David his are you talking about? Butter Donkey, the Marth. Oh, oh, the Mar. Right, no, that he's guy, seen that it guy. pretty well here. I mean, he's had. I good. think his last event was defeating O'Reilly to win, and the event before that was defeating Blue to win. So it's like definitely some pedigree there. Uh, but it's just like, yeah, I think my my pick with David is, if you don't know him, Edwin Budding, <laughs> then, then a lot of people wouldn't, and then he's going to confuse a lot of people. Free Balloon Day has had like a sneakily good year of just beating up only people in Ohio, and that's he's actually Ohio. He's not. He's not like used yeah, to live in Ohio now in Colorado. Actual... Um, so he, that's something like that. But I think, yeah, Zamu, I think you're making a good point where like a lot of the Midwest seems to be in kind of a transitional phase where the players who are rising up the ranks are doing it like really quickly, right? Like preeminent and Shabo and players like that pretty much establish themselves at top 100. Shabo's not here, but, but like pretty much establish themselves at top 100 threats really quickly. And now, it's like wouldn't it be even surprising to say that. Um, and then I think the the like tier below them is just maybe not at the level where we're going to see like an immediate uh, leap to that to that uh, next. Eggie beat Moki last big house. Yeah, real Genesis. Genesis. Oh, okay. I was so proud of myself for like knowing a result from an event, but I didn't. I think that was the one where SF said. Eggie had what like a five percent chance, so, and you you laughed at him. You like you got on his case so much, Edwin. I think I I think I told him it was cursed, and I didn't want to think about it anymore. I thought it was. I, I was like mad. In at my him. mind, you you called him some names that we can't repeat on the podcast. Anyway, Justin, <laughs> well, you you are a player who knows a lot about uh, kind of the hidden bosses of the world. Do you do you have any picks that you think uh, could really pop off here from the middle? So two days ago, I was on Kadoran's stream for about two hours talking about this exact thing. So I'm actually very prepared for this. Did he pay you for that? No. You should get like 30% of the subs that he makes from that time. That would be pretty fun. I'd be down for that. But um, you did say Midwest specifically, because a lot of my hidden bosses or people who I think could make pretty deep runs aren't actually Midwest players. Um. There is one person I think that it's hard to say if he's a hidden boss or not because like most people don't know him, but 
if you're active on Twitter and follow at Etos, you know who he is. And he's got a really crazy bracket because I like people gas up 100 grand all the time. He's very good. Marth goes relatively back and forth with Ben and preeminent, etc. Like we know he's a solid player, but his bracket is actually insane. So he's pretty good against Sheik. His winner's quarters match is Dreffen, who has also gone back and forth versus Marth. He then plays Cody, which probably loses to Cody. But then afterward, if he does beat Dreffen and loses to his age 12, and then his next three matches are all projected to be Foxes. Like, I, that's I don't think he's that good versus Fox. Ooh. Ooh like, let's like, get into this. <laughs> I, I, it's spicy. He's like, he's like fine, but like, like as Mart, like, He's like he's like pass he's fine versus Marth, but uh, versus Fox, but I don't I don't know that he's like that kind of Marth. Like it's still a good bracket for him. He still plays the guy with the sword, but yeah. he's not like he's not the Marth that I see with that bracket, and I'm like, oh my god, this is bad for those foxes. I'm like, this is not great for him, but it's not it's, it's not ossify. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's not like ossify. It's not like I don't know other Marths so that are really good. Let's keep talking about us. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's not for one. For one six is horrifying. Fro one six for everyone involved. That's a different guy. We're talking about Fro one sixteen. Um, what Zama? Was it you who hundred grand hit that um, runoff dare to on uh, Dreamland or something like that? Probably he does that yeah. a lot. He's I good guess at that. that is I don't not know. Very but specific. He's he's uh, definitely pretty. He's definitely really good and can make that run for sure. But I don't think it's like I, I he's just not he's just not like he's just not a special Marth versus Fox. Hmm. He's a great Marth though. How's he do versus DK? Probably terrible. I don't know. That's how I imagine everyone does versus DK. Because before that, in order to get to uh, um, if he loses to drop and he does play Mo, in order to get to hundred grand, well, I'm mm. saying yeah, you said he plays Cody. I'm saying he plays the winner of Cody versus Mo, and I. I'm just gonna float out there that we don't know who's gonna win that. <laughs> so I did this. Uh, this kickstarted a brief discussion in our, in our server that went into random like vibe killing territories. But uh, I proposed the question: If Mo defeated Cody Schwab, would it be the biggest upset of all time? And I I was met by like strangely like confident answers that it was like no it would not be the biggest upset of all time because lovage over left is the insane. biggest upset it's like it's like okay like <laughs> a dk beating cody like you're telling me you're not even like thinking about it a little bit well dk happens. is versus cody at big house there is a history of that <laughs> true rishi's dk a- at big house nine that was a it took a game right yeah, he he rolled his um, eyes at the end of it. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think he was it. like, I was distracted. I was watching this the big screen that was playing Mutant King versus Hungry Box. Okay, Cody. <laughs> so I think I, I uh, I'm gonna devise a few ways, which I guess I shouldn't say here, but uh, some could call them chemical warfare. I'm gonna try to like keep Cody in in the fucking hellscape, like a nightmare scenario where he 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 like I want to make it's gonna be perfect because he's gotta get to Mo. And then like crumble. Um, so I'm gonna try to work out how that could work. If if anyone knows what room number he's staying in at what hotel, let me know. Um, we'll try to work something out. Maybe you'll get a free melee stat shirt or something like that. I don't know. We can <laughs> we'll figure something out. Anyway, DK just as a, an aside, because I, I I know this is he's not really it wouldn't be considered a breakout star because he's top fifty and we like know who he is. But like 
Have you seen Junebug's bracket for this tournament? It's interesting. Uh, he could play fellow Midwest legend Jello. Yeah. <laughs> like Jello's beating Magi. There's a world where Junebug. I mean, Jello could be Magi, but there's a world where Junebug beats like Mad Tyro into Jello slash Magi into Sunsei and then plays Leffen, who went game five with Ringler. But this time, Junebug can just counterpick Sheik. We could see Junebug in top eight. I'm just saying. Junebug counterpicking June... Sheik for the Sheik Ditto when Leffen counterpicked Sheik for, for DK is one of the most cursed things that I think has ever been brought up on this show. And I just said that I was going to use Chemical Warfare to uh, to, to make Cody bad versus DK. <laughs> You're uh, DK. I'm mad that you brought that idea into the world. And yet I respect it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I respect the unhingedness to, to think of that possibility of Junebug finally being like, no, this is this is the one thing that will make me play Sheik against you. It's gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I will say I think the the section of bracket with like this, this is a little deeper into top 64 and people people that could make it fair. I think that section of bracket with like Moki, Polish, Wizrobe, uh, fiction and to bring this back to the midwest flash i think that is like the chaos part of the tournament yeah. i i could genuinely see like any combination of those players making it to winners quarters like obviously flash is the, the very big underdog in that but but i'm i'm gonna bring him up because one he's he's our player <laughs> and and second of all i think it would be a pretty pretty cool uh evolution of sorts and his results for him to you know he he had he had this big breakout at Riptide in 2021. He's had these series of performances over the last two years. Like, he had a pretty solid Smash Con, solid Riptide. And then for him this year, and then to have him have this huge breakout of the big house, I think would be super cool. Yeah, I think Flash kind of falls under the weight of like high expectations because of how well he's done at the past in the past. And um he's got a kind of brackets that I think you could describe as you know, maybe not the flashiest, right? I think his his Riptide was kind of not really beating anyone that was extremely notable uh, in, ter in terms of, like, if you're talking about people who are going to, like, really mm -hmm. up his, his stock in the top 100, right? Like, like uh, this all comes in comparison to his Riptide run, right? Where he beat um, Ginger, Ginger pretty relatively handily. Um, so it's, it, everything is going to be, like, seen through the lens of that. Um, so you get these, like, Riptide uh, this year, was this run where he you know lost like really close to Lod, but but still kind of lost there and and SmashCon yeah he had he had like Junebug and he had stuff like that but you know wasn't really getting a lot of the big ones and I think that this is a perfect example of a bracket that he could do really really well at. you know Fiction is super good Fiction um, <laughs> presumably going Falco although we've seen the the Sheik uh, and Fox basically every week at Verdugo. But like, uh, you know, Falco Master, like great in the Falco Ditto. And we've got Flash who like literally made his name by the Falco Ditto. So I think that that's like, you're getting like two immovable forces, both like, uh, you know, running at each other. Um, and that's going to be a really cool one. And then whoever plays, uh, whoever, whoever ends that plays Moki or Zealot, I don't know. <laughs> um, and... I think obviously that's Moki favored, but uh, yeah, that that like whatever that is is going to be a match to watch. Uh, if it's Fiction versus Moki, if it's Flash versus Moki, I think that that is a very, 
very interesting path, and I think that that is one that Flash is, is very primed to do well in. Zamu, I want to ask you uh, your thoughts on, on one particular player. And, and I like to call this player because I really believe this. I think uh, Skurzo is truly the most random player in the world. Yeah, I, I don't understand uh, what his results are. I watch him play, and I, I don't really underst understand what he's doing, but it sometimes works really well, and he looks like a genius. And other times, I, I, like, I don't know what he sees on the screen to lead him to make decisions a certain way. And I think he he truly has like a very skirt. I, I don't know how to describe it. Like I feel like this is a his path. It, it looks like it's one that could lead him to top eight or it's one that could lead him to getting like 129th. And I, I don't really understand it, but, but to cut to the, to, to cut to the chase right now, he's projected to play Leffen in top 64 uh, round one. If he and, beats Kage. Yeah. If he beats Kage. Well, it, so yeah. Zamu. These, what, these are BFs. Yeah. Based on your experience playing Skurzo and just understanding how he operates uh, what is his like? What do you think? Let's go. Let's go through the list. Kage, Kage, none, Leffen. What are his, his? What's his win condition looking like? And rank them in the easiest to win. Uh, I think Leffen is the easiest for Skurzo to beat. And then <laughs> yeah, for some two, reason, I Kage, I just have. <laughs> for some reason, I, I see Skurzo Kage. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> He's zero to trail this year. It is true. <laughs> yeah. I don't know everything you said about Skurzo. I was like, those are my thoughts too. So. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know. Somehow, sometimes the way Skurzo plays just like lines up amazingly into his, how his opponents are playing or something. Like I genuinely don't understand like how he beat like all of the players that he's beaten. Like I, I, I just, I'm not able to like, I'm just not able to understand it from the way he plays. It's like, how how did you 3-0 jmook that happened do you like, understand how he's lost to the players that he lost to oh yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> anytime i've ever seen skurzo lose i'm like okay that made sense but <laughs> like and but half the times i see him win i'm like oh he so skurzo has a i actually do have some thoughts i think um skurzo has a very good tournament play style um he's very consistent at what he does he doesn't like kill himself very much unless he's in kill himself mode and then he just loses. Um, he does like very high reward things where like like things like full hopping in the in the corner are are like generally not very good options to in in a vacuum, but wow, is that good in tournament. Um and so like he just kind of plays in a way that really can that is like very consistent in tournament. And that's, which is crazy because his results are not consistent in tournament. Um, that's kind of like how I think about it. Skurzo changed like my philosophy and how I evaluate results because I've never seen someone like go one, two at a pretty big tournament where he, you know, by all accounts seemed like invested in his performance and then defeat JMook in a month. I've never seen that before in my whole life. Like I've seen, you know, I've, I've been watching Melee for a long time and playing Melee for a long time. I've never seen someone like go one, two at, a, at like a regional and then defeat a top three player. Like, well, just... we were both at this regional. And, and so maybe you saw something I didn't see. I saw someone who was very invested in 
his fucking beer is what I saw. Uh, so I'm not surprised he went one and two, especially because <laughs> it was like it was included his loss to Trail, one of his losses to Trail, which now we know uh, Trail is his kryptonite. So that's, that makes sense to me. Uh, I do think Skurz was probably someone to buy high on for or buy buy low on for this one um, because big house, the venue. I do not believe. Oh wait, never mind. Take that back. I was going to say, the venue does not have a bar attached to it, and the venue's not attached to the hotel, meaning you'd have to walk to a bar or your hotel to get drinks. And, and this is actually good advice, it is supposed to rain. Um, so, so that might be like, oh, maybe he's stuck in the venue all day. I just remembered. I do think that there is a bar outside in the convention center like oh, not in the convention oh, center hall itself but right outside i do think there's yeah a i bar. think you're right I, if it's the so same actually bar, yeah. buy high on buy, or buy buy kage buy none i think just buy none generally i do think that he yeah. is a player who yeah very really under very the radar has been improving and improving i think that you're gonna look at the resume at the end of the year it's gonna be still a little underwhelming just because there's a lot of um you know stuff in the beginning of the year but i do think that in terms of 2024 uh, I do think he's a player who, who could have a, a real return to form. Uh, but but yeah, Scurso, there's a bar in the venue. Especially if it's going to be raining, then you want to stay in the That's venue. The perfect place to stay in the venue is at the bar. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we might Dude, have decided Scurso, something here. Scurso beat Ossify. You know how insane that is? He beat... Uh, this is the, the same year in which he, you know, ble- bless their hearts. The same year in which he's dropped sets to, like, Stango and top player Yasu. He defeated Ossify. Yeah, do you want to know why? I bet that there was not a bar in that venue. <laughs> I don't even know if we there's a there's a non-zero chance that that two beer scurzo is way better than zero beer scurzo. I've seen X beer scurzo, and he looks like he has trouble um just living life. But I don't know what X is, right? I don't know what number X is. Uh, I just do know that the word, <laughs> yeah, the the nickname Scareshose was was uh, created to you know, refer to Scurzo after a few beers. Now, I guess I don't know know what number of beers it is, but but that, maybe that's something we figure out, right? We're melee stats, right? It's time, it's high time we actually put these that that second word to use, and <laughs> we'll we'll give Scurzo like one beer, test him out, see how he does. Okay. Give him two beers. We'll figure it all out. Um, Scurzo could make a run, though. That sounds very feasible. Mm-hmm. Justin, was there anyone here who you wanted to, to, you know, we kind of talked Midwest specific. Was there anyone here outside of the Midwest just in general who you kind of wanted to mention? I know you mentioned a few few people who, uh, you know, could do well, but I wasn't sure if there's anyone else who you wanted to mention because we've got people, you know, we've got international people. We've got like Mo, we've got Max, we've got people. For, uh, thanks to Egg Dog from like uh, all over America, we like Jello. We already mentioned, um, mm-hmm. but like this is kind of the tournament where this and Genesis feel like everyone comes out of the woodworks to to attend. Um, so, is there anyone else here who you wanted to give a shout out to as someone who could maybe make like a pretty decent run? Sure. So I've got two people in mind. One of them is a more established player. The other one might be a little off off the walls. Um, the Crimson the more... Blur. That's the established player. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Dude, never forget the Crimson Blur defeating Vaccine. What Michigan calls the, the biggest upset of all time. Yeah, y'all it's are talking genuinely... about theoretically Mo over Cody. I, yeah, I think the, the Crimson Blur defeating like 
Armada's uh, favorite player from Michigan is genuinely favorite one of player, most... comma from Michigan. Let's be clear, <laughs> it's not his favorite player from Michigan. Yeah, it's, just... <laughs> it's his favorite it's... player. Full stop. Who is from Michigan? It's genuinely astounding that Blur defeating defeated Vaccine. I didn't Blur Blur defeated Stab like a week after Stab defeated Sfat. Right? Isn't that something? Yes, yeah, something like that. Let's not spend any more time talking about Blur, Justin. Oh my god, if Justin picks Blur, I'm going to kill Wait, Justin. wait, wait, really quickly, really, really quickly with Blur. I, this is the last thing I'll say about Blur, and then we can move on. It's it's, it's just very important. Uh, right now, he is seated to defeat Jungle Guy, and I believe it's a it, it will technically be a, a rematch of their legendary camera match, where uh, Jungle Guy 2-0'd him and didn't get player cameras. Surely this is going to be a, a money match, right? Like so, Even if it's not them who puts the money up, surely this is... There's going to be money on the line, right? The most gambled on match in Melee history. I know that the Mop Money Egg Money is a oh, yeah. somewhat of a tag match. I believe the loser gets rid of the money from their tag. Uh, and I love Mop Money. I do think that Mott would survive as a tag. I think Egg as a tag. I bet he changes it to Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> egg as a tag already exists, correct. Egg lowercase, though. So we've got something there. Um, sorry, Justin. Who are your two sure. players? So my two players. The first of them is currently not top 50, but has been in the past. And we know he's pretty good. Lunar Dusk. We know mm-hmm. that he got top 50 last year. Pretty quiet first half path. of the year. Very, yeah, very, very good path. Like for, for context, his path is Slow King, who number one in Iowa. Number two in Iowa is Maple in Ices, who he plays a lot. So he's got some experience, but Maple's beaten him a couple of times. But I think Lunar is just overall... Pretty good for Spaces. He beat Magi, I believe, 3-0 at Shine. Uh, two years in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Two years in a row. <laughs> so, um, if assuming he beats Slowking, he has the winner of Swift and Inky, which are both incredible draws if you play Ice Climbers. So, he's currently, like, seeded to lose to Swift slash Inky, but I think he'll beat Swift slash Inky. And in a combination of that win plus... Uh, Sunsei at Gamo plus Magi at Shine probably locks himself in the top 50. So look out for Lunar Dusk. He's he might make a pretty good run, but uh, I feel like most people would consider him to be a player who can make good runs anyway because he's already been top 50. So I'm gonna bring out my wild card pick because I feel like this is a player who no one really talks about pretty much ever. Um, his bracket isn't even that like incredible. Like his bracket, he could beat, he's playing, he's seated to play Flash and winners. He could beat Flash. And I know this is heresy because this is this is the Melee Stats podcast. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about S-Deems. This is a Sheik player. Long-term Sheik player on the PR in Georgia. But if you look at his results recently, like, Cobol has been doing incredible in Georgia. Like, he maybe could beat Mook, honestly. He's been doing crazy this year, being like Mech, being Joshman, etc. But S-Deems has low-key been putting up a pretty solid amount of results while not leaving Georgia. He's beaten the Swooper twice. Uh, he's been in Panko. At two different events, times. right? Yeah, at two different events. They Swooper drove down or flew down to um, the lookout. And then he also beat him at Tipped Off, where Swooper got double eliminated by Georgia, losing to uh, Dusk and S-Deems. But S-Deems is beaten. I I don't know if he's positive on all of Georgia, but I know he's like pretty even with Panko, taking at least like six or seven sets. Uh, and I think that it's just like, he's got a very good matchup spread. Like, Georgia has a bunch of really solid players of different characters. Cop on Peach, Panko on Pup, Dusk on Falco, like, 
ostentatious on Sheik, Audrey on Fox, etc. And he does well against all of them. And I feel like for an up-and-coming Sheik player, there's normally at least one or two problem matchups like Ices or Fox, and he just doesn't have that. And the combination of that with beating a couple of top 100 players without leaving his region and getting a Falco as his first match, like top 100 match and winners, could be upset City. We'll see. I think that seems is a great pick because he is someone who I kind of think like Balloon Day has no talk around them, right? But the results are are there, right? You know, like there's definitely players who are talked about and probably have higher highs and, and you know are higher potential highs um, who literally like just don't have top 100 wins. I think that that there's there's players. Um, like I think people talk about JCAM way more than they're talking about Esteems, and then if you look at it, I just think that Esteems, obviously, who has the ability to to play more top 100 players, um, but like has wins that like a, a JCAM or a JCAM level player just doesn't, and Esteems kind of goes on the radar. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good pick, um, especially considering Flash is very good and has uh, I think like a pretty good set record versus Sheiks, and yet the sets themselves are like the classic the a uh, uh, a po- uh, supposedly classic, uh, apparently classic flash sets where he like <laughs> wins in a nail biter game five for some reason. I don't know why flash has been doing that every, every set this year. Uh, but he had, he had that um, like close set versus Dreffit. And they need a really close set versus ice King. These are both at the Ohio melee summit. Um, so yeah, I think that, you know, you get a solid sheet player in there and I don't think that it's necessarily an easy matchup because I don't think Flash is an easy matchup for anyone. But uh, yeah, that's that's a great pick because I don't think a lot of people be picking that. Um, you also um brought up Ice King, sorry, just because I, I I don't know how this didn't cross my mind for a Midwest breakout. I don't know his bracket. This is just off rip. But low key, Ice King has been doing like pretty well in the last couple of weeks. Like yeah, he did SE. super well. Got the Ohio Summit. Yeah, beat real Ohio. thing at Ohio Summit too. Like low key, I don't know if like top sixty four per se, but I feel like Ice King is a player who maybe in a year or so could be a top one hundred threat. Just putting that out there. Yeah, a top sixty four right now is very difficult just because of the 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 talent there. But yeah, I think that's a that's a cool pick. Um. Speaking of, you know, players in top 64, Edwin, is there anyone that you kind of wanted to pick out? Yeah, so, oh God, is there anyone I want to pick out? There's so many so many people I want to bring up. But uh, I want to bring up the person that, uh, that's on this show right now. Uh, Dark Zamu. Genix. <laughs> <laughs> Zamu, I think your section of bracket, like from top 64 and uh, like round two onwards, I, I think is really interesting. There's like, like, you know, you got you in there, but but potentially Quang, Quang or Asashi oh, really? and Aklo and, and Crike are in the mix. Yeah, I think that, that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty interesting group of players. I, I think you've played all, all three of them before. Um, yeah. What do you, what do you think of Asashi and sort of like where where he's trending? Because that that's a guy that that was pretty good at the regional level for for a long time, and um, obviously like is late, lately got his yard got the sponsorship from the yard. Been trying to go to stuff more often. I lost to Asashi at SmashCon. That guy is good. Yeah, that was a crazy question to ask him. <laughs> he, he does. Oh, jeez. He, he's really. He's. <laughs> it's the Suppy episode all over again. Oh my god! No, I'm not trying to bully her. No. <laughs> I. I lost to I lost to Asashi at SmashCon, and he's really good. Uh, um, I didn't know that that like Asashi or Quang was ever like possibly play i guess does like winner of that play aklo or something because i just I, remember I, when i when i looked i looked and i was like okay i play marth 
Marth, Aklo. I saw I think. she plays Aklo, and then the winner of that plays you, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, that that makes mm-hmm. sense. And so I think that well. Well, Wynn so, plays Sashi and then plays Akron. Yeah, and oh, I think that God. one is going to be that's that seems like a toss up for sure. I don't know. I feel like Asashi's really good versus um, Fox and probably other matchups, but um, and and oddly enough, probably has DK experience because yeah, regular. Yeah, and that's a really really bad matchup for DK, but uh, DK Quang's amazing. So that's like a toss up. But then I don't see either of those players really beating Aklo because unfortunately. Aklo just is allowed to go link against Donkey Kong. Um, we, saw, we saw at Coinbox yesterday. Um, I believe Coin, um, he maybe actually no. I'm thinking about Aklo versus Rap Monster. Um, <laughs> they went one one in Fox Luigi the first two games, and then Aklo won the next two games in Link Luigi. But I don't know. So uh, the, before on the other side is me and Crike and. Um, I think I'll beat Craig. So that's kind of my thoughts on that one. Nice. Uh, yeah, you know. And I want to. Well, I just wanted to say that I really want to play Aklo because Aklo is. So in tournaments, in land tournaments, at majors, I have not lost to a Fox yet. And in at land tournaments, I have lost to SFOP and Cody. Those are the only Foxes that I have lost to this year, um, I believe. And I haven't gotten to play Aklo yet. And so that would be very exciting because apparently I'm good at that matchup. Apparently. <laughs> what do you think about Aklo and the Fox today? Do you have any thoughts? Um, I really like the way secrets. I really like the way he plays. I think that he um I don't know, he he's he's a he's just really good. Um he's gotten so much better. I think he I used to not think he was very good at the Fox Ditto. Um but now I think he's he's quite solid at it. He's he's become much more comfortable. I think that it is wrong to not play grounded as Fox. Like there, I don't think there's an at least in the at least in basically every single matchup in the game. I do not think you can like reasonably argue that like you should be most of the time on platforms. Platforms should be like a thing you use based on being on the ground. And I think Aklo has kind of skewed his play more to like the platforms aid him being able to play the game on the ground as opposed to before i think um he was like really using the platforms a lot um and i think that i'm just generally a player that is willing to ignore it when people are just like doing nothing and so i think i used to be really good versus like aklo's style but now he will play on the ground and then play like aggressive mix-ups and i'm like oh I can't just sit there and do nothing. So it's cool. Yeah, he is he's definitely a player who um you know came onto the scene really, really good. Uh and that has just improved since then. It's really amazing to see. Um, you know, speaking of players like that, Justin, I'm sure you're gonna have a hot take. I'd be shocked if you did it. But um, who do you think here's the lowest seed of player who can make top eight? Because we're talking about 10 people who win the tournament, right? And it is one of those things where, like, we've seen super major top eights, and I'm not going to say there's any free bracket pass, but I'm going to say, like, hey, that one year Ginger made it, he didn't beat anyone seated above him. <laughs> like, there are, like, very funny ways that stuff can happen. Um, this feels like one of the hardest top eights to ever make, because not only is everyone good, like, the top 
10 is here, right? And the top 10 could all win, and only eight of them can make the top eight. Um, yeah, who do you think's the lowest seeded player here who can make top eight? So I think realistically, like, as in has more than a 20% chance, I kind of already brought up Junebug mm-hmm. as a player who can make that run, but that's not a fun answer because we brought him up already. And we've already seen what he does to space. So there's a player seated lower than Junebug who you think has more than a 20% chance to make top eight? No. I'm saying that Junebug has a 20% chance. That's like such a big number. Are 20%. you saying Junebug has a 20% chance? I think given the bracket that he's got, yeah. 20%? That no way. Such a no huge chance. amount. 20% is like a lot. That means that you so think what, that... 5-1 odds. That, if you think that's... You're Are you saying willing to that, take off? It's, I'll, I'll put money on this. Yeah, that's, Junebug you're, you're, does, I'll say Junebug does not make top yeah, eight. 20%, just so you know, is saying that if the big house uh, 11 happens 100 times, Junebug will make top eight 20 times. I think that if Edwin, he were to stop, play... I'm trying to make a bet here. I think that if he were to play like Magi and Sunse and Mad Tyro 100 times, he beats all three of them at least 20 times. In a row, let's he just, beats all three I of them. I say let's just I put $100 so, yeah. on this, and we'll we'll move on. Um, we can, we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> you scared him off, Edwin. Edwin, you scared him off. You're mad because you made a bad bet last big house, and now you're stopping <laughs> me from making good bets. God, don't, that, that, that bet last big house. Oh, wow. Was I the on the last, last house? before big house? Waiting for uh, game? I'll tell you after the show. No, uh, tell him all, that's all. We've talked about how that's the worst thing you could what say was on the, a podcast. What was the chance that Amsa was going to win? 50 to 1, I think, wasn't it? <laughs> you did that? <laughs> and, all right, and, let's talk about Lowe's. And you added to it. You were the one who added. You were like 50 to 1 odds and... I'll dress up as Yoshi, but, which you never did. We had your friend Yeah, no, I'm not a man on. of my word when it comes to dressing up right. as Yoshi. We, you want, we had your friend Yarn Yoshi come on to talk to Sunsei, but you never came on. Anyway. You want the fun the fun answer as to who could make top eight in a legendary run, cementing himself into the top 100 this year, despite not being on the ballot right now? Okay. You, I'm sure you'll think it's fun, but well. Uh, I have it. I think okay. it's fun. Okay. First of all, it's important to note, Mog is DQing from this tournament. But really? we're going to, for this, yeah, he posted about it. But Sorry. for the, the this thought, let's just pretend he's still here. Because okay. he's in Mog's path, okay? Ben has lost to Reach before. He's pretty solid versus Falcon. Like, he had a very good set versus Wizzy. But sometimes he'll lose. So let's say that Goosecon beats Ben, right? Just that, that That's how this starts, okay? Yeah, we're, ta- we're already taking a few leaps. But yes, okay, let's say Goosecon beats Ben. Then Goosecon plays Mog, who plays Peach. And Mog's not even going to show up. But even if Mog did show up, it's Peach Falcon. And Goosecon is really good into Peach because he plays Guava 24-7. So he beats Mog. And then he plays Mango, drunk, playing Dr. Mario. So mm-hmm. Mango's not there anymore. And then he plays Aklo, who in the... Or Zamu. But in this, so bad in this, versus Falcon. In this time... Yeah, let's do that. So if it's you, you're bad versus Falcon. If it's you Aklo... Yeah, he it should've. was game five. Literally had the literally had the game winning hit and threw, and in that order, he Man, plays Mo all those players there. and makes top eight winners. I do think you're onto something with the mango path. I think that mango is the best one to pick, not mm-hmm. only because of very obvious reasons, but whether or not he cares about the game. Um, the Eagles have a very big matchup on Sunday. Uh, and, and that might factor into it, right? 
He yeah. might kind of look at his bracket and he might go, oh, I gotta fucking gotta play Wizzy. No, he wanna play. I gotta play J Luke instead of watching the Eagles. That's extra bad. Assuming that Big House is doing standard Big House scheduling, a lot of the bracket is on Sunday. So uh, I think top 24 is on Sunday. Okay, never mind. In the past, it's been like is, more. Uh, they did something where winners is Saturday, right? like winners, whatever. Winners top 20. I don't know. There's. I think winners top 24 and then loser is, I don't know. That bodes well. I said a Mango, lot of words and then don't have any information on this. If Mango had to if Mango had to play all of top 64 while checking his phone to look at the Eagles the whole time, not great. But he can he can he can do he can deal with top 24. First the, the, thing the, is like, the, the firecracker offense of the Miami Dolphins. The thing is the Mango does good. Mango does well at Big House, though. And like the Eagles play all, all the time. Like I like, like I, I think it's certainly a possibility that we have to consider, but it's not like, like Mego does coming well. Coming off of the first actually. loss ever to the New York Jets, we have the toughest stretch ahead of us, Edwin. We got to play the Cowboys twice. But the Chiefs. I can't believe the Jets won that game. Okay, I, we don't need to get into this. Yeah. Anyway, I think that Mango's a great pick as for someone who could miss the top eight. So that you know, because of that, I, I do think someone in his path. Uh, making top eight, I think, is a good call. Goosecon yeah. is probably just a good pick, as in uh, of someone who's like, like, who I think is very skilled at the game and probably not seated very high. I think the issue we have is that I started with Justin, because like I would say, who's the highest or who's the lowest seated player? I don't know, Polish. <laughs> like I'm, I would go very conservative, and now I have to outdo Goosecon. Well, I think it's. I think it would be very reasonable to say what player you think has like a five percent, and I think that's a massive percent chance of making top eight for for this. Like, like I think that would be pretty reasonable. But also, it's possible that like Polish has a five percent chance of making top eight. Uh, true. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, oh my God, Polish versus Craig projected losers. Jesus, heartbreaking. It really be your own. Um. Well, Edwin, uh, it might come as as kind of uh, like, might not have the same impact after Justin dropped the GooseCon top eight uh, and and the Junebug twenty percent chance of making top eight. I think we forget about that one because of the GooseCon. But uh, who who do you think is kind of like a player? Who's the lowest seeded player that you can see making top eight here? Uh, on, honestly, in terms of like pu- punching potential. Punch potential. How did that come out of my mouth? Uh, just in, just in terms roll of, with it, man. Yeah, punch potential. Seems like a good term. It seems like a good term. Yeah. In, in if terms you didn't of, say it, we'd be saying it all the time now. <laughs> punch potential. That sounds great. In terms of uh, his ability to score really big upsets, I think Billy Bo Peep is a is a pretty like it's a pretty feisty like high forties like low fifties. <laughs> is he playing yeah, Falco that's, that's or Fox? That's a great question. Yeah. Well. Fox well, I think is like the best player house. in the world. His Falco is probably not. Yes, he fun but, playing Falco. But I think uh, I, I think he has to play Axe, which Ooh. which is very uh, like, like you know that's a match. Is seen he playing Billy Axe before. or is he playing Axe, which is <laughs> SDJ? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think he plays a. Uh, I, I think he plays Axe before Axe's matchup to, with SDJ. Those are both good matches for Billy. I feel. Let me double check this right now, but but yeah, he, uh, he, yeah, I don't think that's correct, but but uh, but no. as far as like low seeds with a with a non-zero chance of doing it, it that doesn't requ- I don't know why, was... why doesn't require like a bunch of stuff like like insane things happening. I think Billy could do it. 
Like, I, well, I Billy good... has done it, right? Billy has beaten X. Am I making that up? <laughs> I think it was a Bemi. Uh, I think it was the online Bemi, but he has beaten X. He has Panko, and he has been really good at that matchup. Um, he had like the worst set ever versus SDJ at with the fishes to begin the year, um, which SDJ won. But I could still see, you know, he's very good versus Puff. He could still make that happen. Uh, and then, yeah, from there, that's like, <laughs> how far are we if he beats SDJ? Because we're in winners. Uh, and he plays at, or he plays Zane. Okay, I don't think he'll do Zane. <laughs> <laughs> I was debating. I was like, could I? Could I? Uh... Okay, I, I don't think he'll beat Zane. But but Zane might DQ or something. I, I don't know. Like I, it, yeah, it, yeah, maybe I, when I do Chemical Warfare on Cody, I mess up and I, I do it to Zane's room too. <laughs> or I get the, the uh, blue All right, bar. never mind. I guess Billy's not my <laughs> I guess Billy's not my answer. <laughs> I take it back. Never mind. It's over. I think Lunar Dusk is a great answer. I think um uh who else would we say? Let's just... go with Kem. If because if, if Kem beats Hbox, I think uh if, if Kem beats Khalid and then beats Hbox, then I think he plays like Amza. he plays Amsa or something. And even Amza if he kind of own him at Trail Invitational. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he'll always own him. True, like, true. <laughs> he could win, <laughs> but even if he even if he loses, he'd be further in the bracket to make a loser's run. Mm. Yeah, let's let's go with Kem. Sure, Kem I know she's Kem. not seated low at all, but I do think that Salt has a really good shot here. Um, yeah, I mean it's hard to to watch what she's been doing recently and not say that, right? <laughs> like uh, online and offline, sheesh! Oh my, she has been impressing. On all ends. Uh, Salt Josh is a very interesting... I don't... Have those two ever does played? Josh, is Josh going to the event? I thought it was in Australia. Uh, he was in Australia, but they have these things that actually you can get on them and... and <laughs> like boats? Yeah, they have boats. Whoa. <laughs> they have boats. You get on it and it, let it like, drive... It's kind of like a car, but it's through the ocean. Um, Whoa. And then it, it gets you to other places in the world. So That's awesome. The more you know. The more you know, indeed. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's also like uh, a toss up. Who knows? That that's a really weird one. I, I think that Cody is going to be <laughs> pretty difficult uh, either way. Um, but even like even the scenario where she loses to Josh, Panda's tough. Yeah, Panda's tough, but doable. Kadoran's tough, but I could see that. My God, so, top eight at this tournament where there's ten people who could win. Zuppy? The answer is honestly probably closer to yeah, it's probably closer to the like the group Zuppy. Of I can about. see Salt winning that, even though Zuppy's very good for uh, you know pretty good versus Falcon. I don't know like why. Has to play against I, a bunch of foxes. I hedged my bet so hard. I said Zuppy very good, and I said pretty good. Zuppy, you're pre you're very good versus Falcon. I'll say it. Um, you almost did it again. I, I, <laughs> my body. I'll my, say what no one else has my ever body thought. Started to say pretty good. <laughs> Zabo, you, you, you heard it. My mouth started to make the piece out. And I was like, what am I doing? Um, anyway, the winner of that, you know, presumed set uh, would play pres presumably Mango. Uh, unless Mango decides that he wants to win and beats Leffen. Uh, so that's like, I think that's a really good path. That's a really dual path. I think if you're going to talk 20%, maybe that's something I'm more willing to give 20% odds to. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's insane. This is going to be such... A while, and you know, I'll say it 15% chance Samu makes it. I think that's a crazy odds, but maybe 10. 10. I'll we'll do 10. Yeah, but it's definitely possible. I don't know. I've never done, I've done well at one major ever. 
and I didn't even do that well at it. So maybe I maybe I'm due. Zamba at majors, more likely than you might think. Um, also, normally at big house, doesn't a, someone who's not a top eight seed normally make top eight like every year? But I think that happens at like every major, right? But like at big think... house, I just remember a lot of like at big house specifically, Sensei. like soon they having that run, fiction having bananas. that run, bananas and absent. I think absent page did. I don't. Yeah, absent page made top eight. Yeah. Like usually one player, at least from the top eight seeds, like loses really early, specifically at Big House, and then someone fills that void. So I think that yeah, I think that the the thing that's really difficult about this, like predicting this, is that uh, I think in the past it was like if you were how do I say this? I, I think if, if you were seated in the past to like, you know, there there were typically like two it was easy as shit if you were a top eight seed. I'll say it. I know you're, <laughs> you're beating around the bush. Back in the day, if you were a top eight seed, you could sleepwalk to like winner's quarters. <laughs> now you can't. Yeah, the, the, it's just, it's so much tougher. This is the future that liberals want. <laughs> like, I, I, God, like, like we're talking about making a top eight an event that 10 people can win. Making a top eight an event where only five people can win or like four people can win is just. It's not comparable. But maybe I don't know how brackets work, and I think this is likely. But I feel like because there's so many good players, there is gonna there's more likely that like someone accidentally cleaves an easy bracket path for someone else. Yeah, yeah, I I feel like that can happen. Those are, it's it's crazy. Like the runs that we've seen to top eight, I think you know you can get people who have really really difficult ones, and you have people who I don't want to say easy because it's never easy to make a top eight at a term at this stack um but like there's definitely like very fortunate paths i guess is the way that i i want to say it um well let's look a step further from that because we're talking about the top seeds here right and i do think that's very possible for like yeah zane has axe he's been doing well but that's that's difficult um jamu cobalt hbox chem is getting talk talk about hbox chem i've heard that uh there's there's like a lot of really you know crazy crazy matchups that can happen um Let's just get right to the big thing, right? We're talking about all these players, but it, let me run through. Of... Let me run through a few matches real quick, real please, quick before we do. get into the real business. <laughs> please do. So my egg dog teammates, B bats versus Ossify. Wait, can you name them all? I have the group chat open oh, right okay. now. Right. Um, uh, I'd be very with impressed that... if you could do it just off the dome because Chango, like Jello, Wizro, B bats, Ober. Egg Money, KJH, um, more. There's more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's way more. Um, yeah, I don't know. Way more. But um, oh, Spark, (laughs) duh, Cobol. Okay, so that's actually funny. So Cobol Zade is a projected match, I believe. Um, so Spark has a pretty hard bracket. Lots of lots of sheiks or foxes rather. But sometimes Spark can just do it um but b bats versus ossify should be a really good set um b bats has lots of close sets versus kadoran and stuff like that just amazing player jello versus magi i don't know if that like i don't know anything about that but jello won a he he won he, like a pretty big you know, regional on the, the same weekend as gommel he, he yeah. won over albert he's, he's yeah yeah in the, in the ditto yeah he's jello's really good um chango versus mateo would be a cool match um and then as we mentioned mop money egg money um 
that will be a, a tag match of sorts, which is cute. Um, you think egg money is good? Well, just good eggs. I think so. I could. I that doesn't feel fair. It doesn't feel fair because egg money's tag is like pronounced eggs half of the time. Anyways, it. I there guess isn't the, eggs. The the, the, the I thought you just said there wasn't there. So there's an, a lowercase egg and there's yeah. already an eggs. There's well, there's an egg eggs. With a Z. Okay, but well, you don't say eggs. You say eggs. Okay, but half the people. Egg, so I guess there's the bit is that if, if egg money is playing hot, he's egg money. But if not, he's just eggs because but he yeah, he already goes by eggs. But my money money and apparently apparently I don't know if this will happen, but it would be really funny is that the winner does add an extra dollar sign to their. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, there's a bunch of um, Ober has gets to play against Hoborg and then potentially Crudo um, kind of a Florida match. Um, but yeah, there's a lot. There'll be a million cool egg dog matches, but those are some cool ones. Ober, the num- the new number two, number in, two Chicago, in Chicago. Right. Over Skurzo. Is Skurzo ranked? Skurzo's yeah, three, Michael's one. I did see Michael was one, and I was like, that's cool. It's also Chad to not go to this tournament for Michael. <laughs> it's, he's had a pretty decent year, and yet. yet. Uh, it really just goes to show you, as, as stacked as Melee is, as stacked as these tournaments are, <laughs> It's really insane how many good players this are going to stuff. Anyway, regardless, let's start with the players who are here because we've got 10 players who we can win. I think you can even throw in. We've got more players who could, you know, make really long runs. Uh, we've got players who, like, you know, could or and Aklo have beaten, like, <laughs> like, if you give them all the people they've beaten, that is, like, a path to a major victory. Like, the, the, it's not only the 10 people we talked about, it goes from there. But let's talk about the the actual top of the bracket here. Uh, because this is kind of where we where we get into it, right? This is the big, big talk. So we've got, um, I think one of the most striking things here is uh, is Moki, right? What do you guys think about? So Moki, a player who debuted, or not debuted, but but like had his highest showing ever on a ranking, top five. Uh, and now we see him, I believe, is he the 10th seed at this event? He's 10th seed. Yep. yep. That yeah. is crazy. Um. If you look at everyone else, uh, like we talk about the 10 players who can win, I think that is like such a tough draw because Wizzy versus Moki before to make top 24 winner's side is an insane match. Uh, like Leffen has soon say that's obviously something that, that he has had trouble with last year. So that, that could you know very well be trouble as well. But I think that there's like, <laughs> it's really tough to find a matchup that early that is more of a heavy hitter than Wizzy Moki. Um, yeah, where, what do you guys think about Moki? I mean, Hbox Oms is in the same <laughs> is in the same uh, round as well. Perhaps so like, this tournament is stacked. Perhaps this tournament is stacked. What do you guys think about where Moki Moki is right now? Because I think this is probably the lowest scene that he's got an event in probably a year, if not longer. Justin, what do you think? I think Wizzy's a hard draw. I mean, they're they're set at Riptide. Like there were, he had a lot of good moments in it for sure, but. It's just a hard draw. Like, if you were to ask Moki, probably, like, would he rather have Wizzy or Hbox or Amza? I'm pretty sure he never picks Wizzy compared to those two. Like, he, it's just, there are a lot of players that would be easier for him to play than Wizzy. Not that he can't beat Wizzy. He very clearly can. Mm-hmm. But it's just a hard first draw. And when the first draw is hard, it just gets harder after that. Like, I don't know. I, I like... Maybe his time has come. Like, maybe this is the one that he finally takes a major. We saw it last year. Like, to say that Moki can't do it or he can't win a major is insane. We know he's going to win a major at some point. 
I just don't know if it's Big House. This is the hardest tournament potentially of ever. So it would be the coolest one for him to win. It would sure. be right. We we kind of did this last year. This to this very not not to say it's going to happen again, but we did this whole song and dance of being like, yeah, obviously could win, but it has to be this and it has to be this, and like we kind of picked like a perfect matchup that or perfect like bracket that Oms would have to have. And I think that like we we've done the same thing on this show to talk about kind of the perfect bracket that Moki would need to have. Uh, and then sometimes you have people who just go against that perfect bracket, right? And they just do it despite the fact this is like way further from what I would consider the easiest bracket for, for Moki to win. Um, and then even then, you know, I, I do think that there's there's always a chance with players like this. Wizzy's particularly interesting because we just haven't seen a lot. We don't really know what Wizzy has to offer. Um, he's looked amazing, and then he also did lose that set to SDJ. Uh, but that was a tournament that had Mute City, so maybe we don't really care. But it's just like the very few data points we have show him to be this absolute monster. Um so it, it's it's going to be a really tough one to see. I know that Wizzy, you know, has uh, this kind of like interesting. Actually, Zamba, what do you think about Wizzy versus Fox? I think like the historical data is kind of a little all over the place. Um, but I'm just wondering what you how you feel about him in the matchup. I think that Wizzy is so good at what Wizzy does, mm-hmm. um, and I think he might not even be that good versus Fox. But it doesn't matter because m- most of the time. The fo- like the foxes just have to be so clean to where even if generally they're like like outplaying him in the matchup, it just doesn't matter. Um, and so you have to not only outplay him, which is not at not necessarily as hard as it like should feel for like a player of Wizzy's caliber, but the issue is that it just doesn't matter. It like you can be kind of consistently outplaying him. He has lower openings per kill, and he and that is so relevant and he has he has low what well, i wizzy exemplifies the the main advice that i give anyone that is trying to improve at melee the way to get the way to get better at melee is to kill the opponent is to take the opponent's stocks and not lose your stocks and those are the things that wizzy is best at his punish game is so good and his defense is so good um so he's just he's just amazing and like he he's amazing Versus Fox for weird reasons, kind of. He could lose to Foxes that are playing absolutely incredible, but he won't. One of the things that that matchup makes, or one of the things that is really just about that matchup is obviously that these two players um, both have the ability to win the tournament, right? We, we keep talking about that, keep talking about that. But there is a streak. There is a streak, one of the best streaks that... Melee has ever seen. Uh, that is in jeopardy because the loser of that set has a projected path to play. Or the uh, yeah, the loser of that set has a projected path to play Hbox for ninth place. Edwin, does the run continue? We have already hit ten or, or uh, nine years. Uh, I think the last one was October 5th, 2014, Big House 4. We've already hit nine years. He is looking for 10. Decade of top eight. This is possibly the hardest one to do it in. What do you think? Does Juan make it? Does he make top eight? God. Um. Yeah, I know that this affects you emotionally because you're such a big H Box fan. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> it's a I'm hard question to ask you. Yeah, it, it it's kind of bizarre because I honestly think that like 
relative to the other players he could have been playing at this part of the bracket, I, d- I think Amsa is not that bad of a draw for him for like an eight versus nine. I think uh, now I think like the fact that he has to play Zane after that, if even if he beats Amsa, is pretty bad. But I think if you're H box, like Amsa is, you know, him and Amsa is very competitive. Like they mm-hmm. they kind of they go down to the wire a lot. I think he's he's working on evening out that matchup. But yeah, I mean, if if he loses to Amsa. Oh, man. Well, he's actually fucked either way, because if he beats Amsa and loses to Zane, he fa- uh, he likely faces the loser of Moki versus Wizzy. Now, let's say he beats Amsa, or let's say he loses to Amsa and then works through losers. Um, he likely has to face the loser of Wizzy versus Cody. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so he, he very well could be playing Wizzy, Moki. Uh, at, no matter what he does, right? He could beat Amsa, he could lose to Amsa, and like he is very likely going to play one of those two, and, and you know, possibly Cody even. But, so, my goodness, I, I, but, I think but, it. Because you know, you know me. You know Justin, what I'm going to say to this. He plays Goose Con for top eight. No, and loses. That would be sick, but no. Because in the last three sets, H-Box has beaten Moki twice. This mm-hmm. this demon fox problem that H-Box has is not real. It's a meme. He beat Cody the last time they played. He's beaten Moki two of the last three times they played. When people say he cannot beat Zane, he's taken Zane game five, two of their last sets. He was inches away, literal frames off of beating Zane three to one at SmashCon, and he missed the rest. But he could very clearly do it. To say that HBox is like doomed and that he is in this devil bracket, like a Wizzy, no, he's like, he's screwed. He's not being Wizzy. But everyone else <laughs> out of the top 10, he can do it. I, it, it but, but Justin, the question's not if he can do it in a vacuum, it's will he or is it likely to happen? I, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, like if, if his best chance is to, uh, to make top eight is to beat Moki for ninth, like that, like that's probably his most like, favorable realistic thing or maybe zane loses to axe he beats Amsa and then beats axe to make top eight i think vashbox makes top eight that's gotta be it i i don't think, I think he'll... You, you're you're a big doubter the yeah I, i'm big one <laughs> is one of the most dedicated uh like men in melee right he is he is a person who has this type of drive and confidence that we rarely see from other players uh and that drive and confidence used to be for winning tournaments and, and right now it's for making top eight. I I, I really don't like. I'm gonna say he beats Wizzy to make top eight, and we all like go what? Like right? You know, uh, we all see that he's about to play Wizzy, and we go, it's over. The streak is over. Guess what? Evo Wan pops back up, beats Wizzy three one. Immediately loses to whoever he plays <laughs> in, in for seventh <laughs> place. Immediately loses. <laughs> It just yeah, I, out of there. I, I I do I I do like the um I do think that it's just correct that when when Hbox does really well or surprises you it usually does come out of very in, either in a very stupid way or when or when there's no reason for it to happen. So on that note, I do I I guess I can kind of buy into the him just suddenly three owing or three oneing Wizard out of nowhere and then just immediately losing. Well, the immediately losing part is important because he just had the best run of the year last term he went to. Right, it was SmashCon. He got second, like Justin said, nearly resetting on Zane. Um, and it's like, well, if he does well two tournaments in a row, that's a trend, and suddenly 
it, we have to talk about his HBox back. And yet he has not operated like that this year, right? Uh, and so it would work better for HBox if we, if he beat Wizzy to make top eight and then just suddenly poof, lost to like Mango or oh, I guess not Mango, lost to Kadoran or whatever. Um, Salt, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's going to be an interesting thing to look out for is, is the top eight run. Do we, Edwin, do you think he's going to uh, win? What do you think about HBox's chances to win at all? I, I know that he has a really difficult path to even make it that far. So I so earlier this week in my column, I, I did kind of rough overviews of, of ranking the players and how likely uh, I saw them to win the event. And I, and I think my bottom tier is like, okay, I'm actually looking at it right now. Yeah, it was HBox, AMSA, Plup, and Moki, I think. I think have like significant, like they, they have chances to win the event, but I think those four it's significantly lower than uh than the people above them. I think uh, just just my perspective on them, if I can just kind of go bullet point by bullet or just like quick bullet points for each of them. I think HBox is just like his matchup spread in the top ten is really bad by the numbers, like long term. Like if you if you look at his like last five sets versus like each of these people and just see kind of how the his rivalries or dynamics versus each of them are trending. I don't think they're very good. I think his focus is clearly not on competing this year. Maybe that changes for the big house just to preserve his top top eight streak. But if we're if we're talking about chances to win the event, I think he's pretty clearly near the bottom. We talked about Moki having a really difficult path path before. I think Amsa has got that. I mean, in general, I think if there's like three people that you need to dodge or like need to change something fundamental against in order to beat them. I think that really hurts your chances of winning the tournament. So I think like one thing that the, these players have in common, ex except for Plup, I guess, is that like if they, it, it's kind of like the a version of like the HBox Armada rule where like if you lost to both of them, like, or if, if you didn't have a chance of beating at least one of them, you just were, you were never going to win a major. I think, to, I think to have three of them in a bracket is like quite hard. And I think each of those each of those players have three of them except Plup, but I, I don't think Plup has any like particularly favorable like amazing matchups within the top ten other than like maybe Wizzy. Other, other or I guess Wizzy. So I, I think those four are in the like doable ter territory for winning the event, but I think they're significantly lower than the other people attending. Um who do you got winning? Uh, I got Zane. Oh my god! Of course you do. I, th I think Zane, Cody, and Jmook are like the same way that I mentioned that group before of um of like who I think kind of needed the most breaks to win the event. I think Zane, Cody, and Jmook. I would take one member of those three over the field, like probably like a slight margin. And this goes back to something that that Zamu mentioned earlier, which is that I think that like while the range of players and like their ability to upset each other is certainly like bigger or more or they or those kind of ranges intersect a lot more today than they used to in the past. I do think that like, I still think that the ranges themselves in terms of like where, like if you, if you put the ranges of like possible results for like all a hundred players or is that the, or all like a thousand players at this event or whatever, I do think you can still like cluster people like pretty concretely. And I think that really shows with people like, like Zane, Cody and Jmook. I think those three are like, if we're being real, like the real contenders to win the event. And I'm, and that's not like discrediting the other seven of the ten. I think this is still a really stacked tournament. I think any of those ten could win. Uh, I'm not going to make the same fifty to one mistake that I <laughs> that I made last year. But I and so I want to be, be clear. Like I think any of these ten can win. But I think within the ten, there's like three very very certain like or, or like three distinct uh, favorites. Even if it 
even if it's not necessarily a big gap between them and everyone else. It's just one that's noticeable if you look at their projected uh, bracket paths, if you look at their set history, just kind of how they're trending as players. So uh, between Zane, Cody, Jamu, uh, I'll probably go with Zane. I just think he's he's really steady. A Jamuk believer in October 2023. Wild. Um, anyway, condolences on Zane for losing the big house. What's your <laughs> what's your record on predicting his wins this year? Uh, I'm like I haven't gotten the only major I've predicted correctly was on the it wasn't even in my column it was on the show and I said Cody would win major upset I've gotten every single Which other feels major like wrong. of all the ones to pick yeah it's like that's <laughs> it's not it's like cheating <laughs> obviously it wasn't an easy victory but uh, yeah that that one feels like kind of the easiest call to make um so condolences on Zane for the curse of Edwin Budding. <laughs> curse of Rob. I don't know why. It's just like it's, it's like the moment I'm like deliberately going with the safe pick, and and it's still not. And every thing. time you've been <laughs> you've been punished, and then when you get a little kooky crazy, is when Zane wins. <laughs> uh, Zappa, what do you think? What do you? Obviously, it's really tough to pick anyone who's can win. But who who do you see here? I would love eleven win, but I am gonna go with Cody because I do. I agree with Edwin that like I think it's like Zane and Cody and then Jmook is like a tier below that, like a, a relatively significant tier below that, but the tier below that is just even more significant of a drop. But I feel like like it's a little I feel as though Cody and Zane are a bit are a like a notable amount ahead of Jmook, kind of. Um, and then Jmook is also just that guy. But I'm, I'll True. go. I'll go with Cody. Would love to. It's see so it. wild, though, isn't in it? Isn't it Zamu? Like the fact that we're acknowledging how volatile the field is, and yet, like with all these people at the event, you know, when our our presumptive chips are on the line, we're like we're picking one of Zayn or Cody. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we, we've talked, how many times have we talked about this podcast before, all like about how Zane and Cody just, the chances they have to win are, it just is better than everyone else, yeah. like, straight up. Like, it, Cody's hardest opponent is Zane, and that's a guy who he probably beats half the time. That's great. I mean, obviously, he can lose to these other people, and he can lose to people outside of that top 10 more than like Zane has. But if you just talk about like straight up, what are his percentages? Um, he probably is has the best looking set, like, um, uh, what do I, uh, matchup spread across the top level of these players. Yeah. And then you look at Zane. Zane's this whole thing where we talk about how it's basically coin flips every single player, right? Like maybe he he could lose to Zane or Cody. He could lose to Jamie. He could lo lose to Lefty. He could lose to Amsa. All these players. And like, you know, throw in, you can even throw in like an H-Box or a Mango people who are not favored but have beaten him and have shown that like they could just get washed time after time and then come back and beat him. Like we've seen these happen. We've we've seen this happen on the big stage at Big House before. Um, I mean, Zane's never won a Big House unless I'm blanking. <laughs> no, Zane's never won a Big House. No, one never um, happened. So, like, this is very likely. This, uh, sorry, not very likely. It's very possible that we can see something like that happen. Uh, but, but like, yeah, you talk about it. Zane gets these coin flips right a lot of the time. There's a lot of the time he is beating all these players at the same exact time um even if the, he has like 50 50 shots against each one of them so i think him and cody are like head and shoulders above everyone else when you talk about just like a bill or like you know who who wins the tournament the most times you throw the tournament 100 times i think they win the most but 
we're only throwing it once. So yeah. So we will see. Justin, who do you think? What, what what's your hot take? GooseCon is in grand finals, but gets upset by uh by Lunar Dusk or something. You know what happens? It happens. It happens. But uh, and they play Icy's Dittos and then Ganon Dittos. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. So why do they I play Ganon I... Dittos? Hey, why do you gotta bring that into this? What do you mean? I remember the uh the, the I think Wheat posted it once where it was like if if Dark Gen X had the melee script, it would be like people playing Ganon Dittos and Grands every every tournament. And I, I have, it's, it's the callback. So my answer, my actual answer, which is a boring answer, is it's basically what Edwin said, except replace JMook with Plup. Mm. Uh, if you look at Plup's mm. last couple of tournaments, or sorry, let's start with JMook. JMook has underperformed at three of his last four tournaments. If you don't count offseason, if you do, it's four out of his last five. Um, seventh at two majors, 33rd at another major. Uh, not exactly the best look for him and he's also like in the process of moving and i think there's other stuff going on and it's definitely just not the same player as it was like as he was in the first couple of months of the year by pure results like we know he's a really skilled player 100 one of the best to ever do it but like if you take his first half of the year where he was like top three candidate easily maybe even one like he was in the contention for number one if you look at only a second half of the year he might not even be 10 and it's a shame because he's such a good player, but like, you have to take all of the year into account. And with the last, like with Big House, his recent results have just not been great. And I don't think, like he's got a pretty solid bracket, don't get me wrong. But if you look at Plup's results where he has gotten first, second, fourth, mostly beating Wizzy, but Wizzy <laughs> takes on all the other people to get yeah, to him. <laughs> like, he's still good. We know that Plup's really good too. And he can do well. I think at the end of the day, it's Cody and Zane are the two players who are most likely to win Big House, and more than likely, it is one of them. Probably like eighty percent to ninety percent, one of those two wins Big House. But something always happens that's magical at the Big House because we never expect it. Mm-hmm. There's always one tournament in the year where something crazy happens, like Moki's incredible run to. Ascending to the top 10. Amza making the Cinderella run to win, to win Big House. And I think it's about time that we go back to our roots. I think that HBox or Mango will win the Big House. I don't know I which one will be. Lovage. Oh, that would be... He didn't even enter. I don't think he's that, going. But that, that would be Big House roots. That would be because he did win a Big House. But uh, it's like the uh, S-Fat winning LACS. True. Like the, the first LACS. <laughs> but... I genuinely believe that either HBox or Mango will win Big House and go against the odds. One of those two is going to have the dream run. I mean, you see it. Mango's bracket is crazy. HBox, with the exception of 2021 Mickey Mouse year, he has won a major every year he's played the game, except for this one. Mm-hmm. And remember when he inexplicably won Gommel or when he inexplicably won Riptide? Granted, SJJ did beat Zayn at the Riptide. <laughs> But it's like you can't ever count out HBox and you can't ever count out Mango. And if they're both here, they both want it. The one thing I want to say about HBox is the last defense for him. He entered a local last week. Wow. He would not do that if he did not want the practice. He actually went to this local and entered the tournament and competed in a serious environment because he wanted to train to win the big house because he wants the streak and he wants to win a tournament this year. 
So this is your pick Big Juan? If I, like, gun to head, my pick is Big Juan. Wow. Jeez. Well, you love to see it. Um, I we've talked about this before. You have to, uh, you you have to account for the one that he is going to win because he's always going to win one. We don't know why it happens, but that is the pact with the devil or whatever the angel, <laughs> the angel maybe. Um, and we haven't seen it. I think maybe it'll be Santa Paws or something. <laughs> Dream hack. I don't know. Uh, Argo, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't feel like it. I don't know. It's just not the. This doesn't feel like it's the vibe for it. That being said, something magical always does happen. We're going to see a grand finals that we're going to talk about for a while. We're going to see a game 10 grand finals between Leffen and Plup. Plup is going to win and then not going to anything for months. <laughs> Genesis. Um, but yeah, I, I think that like Leffen has always this fucking question mark about him, and he still does. And he's got Mango, a player who's did, done historically well versus him. Uh, all these sets are always so close, but they always end up kind of going in Mango's favor. At that point, you kind of have to give Mango a lot of credit for that. So I think that's a really good path for Mango. And yeah, we've talked so much about Mango. And I don't know. I, I think that he this is not like a tournament that he's going to and like explicitly going to fuck off at. Um, I don't want to give that give off that that that's what's like you know happening here i think he's gonna try um but i just i don't know i, I i'm gonna call leffen there and then he's got cody a matchup that he's beaten before cody is amazing but i believe in the power of team fight tactics or whatever <laughs> leffen leffen distracted by not one game but two different games from melee i think is only going to make him more powerful um you've got plop plop's got jmook who that is a player who like we have established has you know I don't want to say fallen off, but has is definitely going through a little bit of a nadir in terms of a uh, kind of bracket winning, like major winning potential. Uh, and then Zane. And I think the curse of Edmund Bunny is going to affect him right there. We're going to see a banger winner's finals. And then we're going to see an all-time classic Game 10 Grands. Actually, Game 10 Grands is going to be Mag or Leffen versus Plop, but I think we're going to see a different winner's finals. I think that's Cody, and I think Leffen goes through losers. So that's what I'm going to call there. I'm going to call the Leffen versus Plop all-time classic that we're going to see. And uh, we're going to talk about it forever, and, and Awesome Sauce is going to make a video in a year that's going to hit 2 million views this time. And uh, we're all going to be happy. We're all going to, you know... Do that thing we do at Big House when, when someone wins and we all like rock back and forth and we all hold hands and chant kumbaya. Like whatever happened with Amso One. <laughs> Except for you, Edwin. You you went through some turmoil about about a bet that you made. But no bets made today. So maybe you'll feel a little bit better about this eventual plot victory. Um anyway, it seems like we have some technical difficulties for uh, anyone who's uh listening. Oh my. Hello. Zamu, Zamu but mobile. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> I think how we're going to do this, we're almost at the end of the show, and uh, we got almost everything in, is we're going to do some questions. Zamu, we have a question for you. Are you here? Okay, I cannot hear her. <laughs> Yeah, we can't hear her at all. What we can do 
We're going to ask what question you, and uh, you can type your response in the chat. <laughs> and we'll have Edwin read it for you. Why me? Edwin, oh, okay. Edwin, why don't you read the question for her? Uh, sure thing. Uh, Zamu, this one is from, this from is from Stock Money. Um, it's for you. Um, I'm going to say the question just out loud. For Zamu, hi, Queen. What's your personal top five of champagne all time, excluding yourself? It's a tough one. Top five for champagne might be Zamu, 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 Zamu. Zamu, Zamu. Can she hear us? Okay, we can't hear her. Well, what would she say? You know what? The class, the we used to have that classic. What would Magi say? Yeah, we, we that, did used to have that. We 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 took that away, but we might have a what would Zamu say? So imagine top five all time. Well, Shabo must be on there. Yeah, Shabo would be PRZ. Yeah, Fox capacitor. Fox capacitor, that's a great one. Coffee? Coffee. Coffee, I think, is five. Coffee? Well, yeah, excluding herself. So blend tech? A blend tech? That'd be it's a great blend one. tech, baby. That'd be a great answer. It's, I feel like there's someone older that we're missing. Was, these are a lot of the same era. Is there anyone pre pre Zamu champagne era? There was like the the Fox uh it was like Shabo, PRZ, Zamu, and Fox Capacitor, but like yeah, I remember the all the foxes. Oh, like Killa Blue. Does does Killa Blue get the nod? Or no. at number five, maybe Killa Blue gets yeah. the nod. Deegs with his crazy summit run. True, true. Deegs is a good one. I think that's what. Yeah, you know what? Let's you know go what? with the four foxes. <laughs> Wait, but but that excludes herself, so she's not at so we, are, we still yes. have two spots. We no, we don't have two spots. Shabo, PRZ, seven. Oh, Matt R. Okay, so we've got. Oh, Matt R is a good one. That's let's that's put coffee in there. <laughs> Can I have coffee in there, please? Yeah, Zamu, give us permission for it's coffee. Be Thor. Thor. Thor, the link. That's gonna be Thor. Well, she didn't Multi say she doesn't know the fifth, so we're just gonna say coffee. PRZ, Shabo, seven. Ent? Is that how you say it? Matt R. And then Matt R is an old school choice. I didn't know he was from Champagne. And I then coffee, <laughs> the the um, the 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 fan pick, uh, voted on by the fans. Coffee is number five. Um, Zamu, hello. Thanks for joining us again. <laughs> Still cannot hear you. We can't hear you. Hear you now, Zamu. But we have another question for we you. We do have another this... question. This one's not for you, though. So this one should be easier to answer. Um... Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's not for you, Zamu. This one is for, uh, this one is for Dark Gen X. Uh, Dark Gen X. Uh... Wait, I read Chop the first liver? question. Yeah, what, the, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. Uh... Uh, Justin, this one's awesome from Stock Money. Sure. So he says, hi, Queen. No, sorry. That's the other one. He says, <laughs> uh, what was the craziest scheme you ever got to implement as a TO? You that, sorry, I, that you never got to implement. That as I a never got to implement as a TO. The You're a very craziest... scheme heavy person. I'm sure that there's uh, something that you did get a chance to do. The craziest scheme that I never got to implement. Like, I can give you the realistic one or like the 
most insane one that we just knew was never going to happen. But I'll give you the realistic one. Can I give you two? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. The first one is we were going to run... Um, it was going to be like Nebulous on the Sea or something like that. Or Nebulous on the Shore. And it was going to be a tournament in the Intrepid Battleship. Currently parked in some harbor in New York. And it never went through when Nebulous was looking for a venue. That, that That's one of the crazy schemes. As a you TL, mean like... You mean like a gamer cruise kind of thing, but instead of a cruise, it's just literally like on a battleship. It's a dock ship. Yeah, like it wouldn't be on a like the gamer cruise. It wouldn't be like on a cruise, but it would be on a boat, like melee on a boat. That's wild. It would have been crazy. Never happened because we were looking for venues, and it was just like you know that that is a venue. They do melees had after parties on boats, but but yeah, it's true. That would not itself. And then um, have the after party in a convention center. True. Yeah, we'd have to go. We would. We'd rent out the Javits for the after party, and then rent the Intrepid for the tournament. But um, that's one of the events. That's one of the things we, we we joked about running a tournament on a blimp, like 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 Kaiba Corp, like Duelist Kingdom style, and then kicking people off of the blimp as they lost. But that was definitely just like a meme. Whereas the Intrepid was actually looked at. I think the craziest scheme as a TO that never came to fruition that almost did was during the Hax's nightclub era. And that was when, I, I, at the time, I was like the secondary, like the, the second in command agency. And there was going to be a, I, the original Hax's nightclub VIP, which never happened. Um, We were going to fly out the inventor of Synthwave, robots with ray guns, as a DJ for the event. And it was going to use two floors of a hotel, and have a live DJ performance by this famous musician. I had nothing to do with this decision. And none of the budgeting that any of the TOs like thought of wanted to go into this. But it was an inch away from happening and probably would have if COVID didn't happen. So that's probably like the number one craziest thing. This is what that... COVID took away from you. Mm -hmm. What about uh, any like bracket structures? Bracket structures. Um, uh, the the boat tournament would have been round robin. <laughs> it, I person I used to love round robin when I was like I, when I played a lot more and wanted more experience. And then when I got as, as malicious as the sounds, when I got better enough to the fact that I was like a second or third seed or a first seed, I started hating round robin because I didn't like playing them any sets. Um, don't tell that to I, Europeans. Yeah. I mean, I love Fate. I love the Fate experience. I just don't like Round Robin. But I do like Fate. I would definitely have gone back to Fate if it weren't um, for just, like, travel stuff. But um, I'm not really a bracket experimenter kind of guy. Like, I definitely just prefer double elimination. Very boring. Like, I I'm no coin. Coin's a legend, by the way. Like, I'd, I yeah, could never I do what coin does. But in regards to bracket stuff, I'm very, like, by the books, double elimination. Like, fuck Waterfall. Let's get you That's and coin together. It'd be crazy. It'd be fun. International. He'll be at Big House. In international waters. <laughs> uh, and there's also like five non-elimination Swiss pools that somehow run into triple elimination or something. And it all runs on time. And it all, run and it all runs on time. And then there's a beautiful blog post about it afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Um, anything in the future? Le'Veon Bell? <laughs> Any crazy tournament schemes for the future, you're yeah. asking? I have a crazy tournament scheme in mind, but I don't think I'm going to reveal it yet. Interesting. Well, 
I uh, look forward to seeing it one day. Hopefully, it, it uh, well, if, if I see a boat Actually, tournament. There's one that's crazy that I can't talk about, and there's one that I can talk about, actually. So I've thought about doing this for a future event, unnamed. So prison. you know how there's like Mainly VIP prison. Imagine you know how there's VIP passes for or like VIP like badges at events where you can just go in and like get the free food and like the top players are all there and you get in if you're like a commentator or a top player or a staff of the event. But, like, there's no security ever, so people just go in anyway or just bring their friends. So what if you, like, charged a few hundred dollars to buy a VIP badge? Because, like, surely someone buys that badge. And that's, like, a free few hundred dollars for the TOs, right? Like, what if we just had, like, this VIP badge for sale? That 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 was an idea that I had. Didn't Gommel try that? I have no idea. I know Canada Cup did it and people bought it. Yeah, I think events have done that. Maybe it's not that but, crazy after all then. Yeah, I think events have. I, I might be wrong on this, but I, I think events have tried this. Interesting. They can get to uh, the second deck on the on the boat. <laughs> VIPs mm -hmm. only on the second deck. Um, well, very cool. Uh, Edwin, do you want to... You, you did such a great job answering for Zamu when she was away. Um, do you want to plug... So her socials. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to, uh, Zabu, you're very fun <laughs> on the show. Thank you for being such a great guest. Uh, where can people follow you? Um, uh, I, I, I'm going to stop this right here. This is <laughs> Edwin. Zabu is a very fun guest on the show. Where can people follow her? I think that's a better way to do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, yeah, yeah. So, so people can follow her at uh, Zamu underscore SSBM. Um, yeah, her her Twitter is pretty great. She she's got a couple other Twitters also, but uh, that's the that's the main one, or that or maybe just one other Twitter. But that's the main one to follow her is Zamu underscore SSBM. She posts all the time about melee and various other stuff, and she streams all the time on Twitch.tv slash Zamu underscore SSBM. We we probably have to explain this to the to the listeners, right? Why why I'm a uh, shilling Zamu socials. The podcast listeners who are just assuming that she's quiet this entire time and you're <laughs> let me speak for her. <laughs> <laughs> and the lady will have uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we I, we already said that we had technical difficulties. Okay. She's not coming back today, unfortunately. Well, maybe we'll have a makeup episode. Um like a we'll we'll have one day where it's like magi. <laughs> <laughs> for that one half episode and it'll be like 10 minutes of zamu uh we'll have everyone who uh, like bailed out on us on our, on us early so we'll just just do it all in one episode uh but yeah i think that's it. I, does she have um patreon or something is she on metify uh, I, I don't know i didn't we're not I built didn't for this that. no uh well she can come back on it zamu is on metify okay well, we'll metify.gg slash at zamu i asked the wrong person I guess. Justin, what about you? Uh, where can people find you? Uh, I don't really use socials that much anymore, but I have a Twitter. I have a Blue Sky. I have a TikTok. I have a YouTube. They're Your all threads. that organics. I don't have a Threads set on an Instagram account, so I do not have a Threads. Man, but threads. pretty much any account that I'm any 
platform I'm on is Dark Gen X, unless the account is Riot Games or Epic Games, in which it's Dark Gen X farts. So your Dark yeah. Gen X sucks on something, right? Yes. So I was Dark Gen X sucks on Epic Games and on Reddit. And so funnily enough, I got reported after a Fortnite I game. I opened up a can of worms here. Yeah. So someone reported me after I killed them in a Fortnite game and Epic Games made me reset my username because my username was harassment. So Dark Gen X sucks is a not permitted name on Epic Games. So I changed it to Dark Gen X Farts. Very cool. Follow Dark Gen X over on Epic Games and the like. Um, you said Riot as well? Riot Games for Team Fight Tactics is also Dark Gen X Farts. Follow Justin on Epic Games and Riot Games. Um, Edwin, do we have any information on, on whether or not Zamu has accounts on either of those? No, I do not have that information on me at, at the moment. What about like an Xbox account? <laughs> I don't know why the idea Zamu, she doesn't strike me as an Xbox person. Maybe I'm wrong on that. She can have an X as a treat. She can have an Xbox account. We do a little Xbox playing. Um uh, but not the box. No, but no, I suppose not. Uh yeah, I, we'll uh we'll have all this information for that for that makeup episode. I'll I'll make sure to have it all prepared. Yeah. Uh, for the like a rain delay game in baseball or whatever. Uh, any, anyway, uh, uh, actually, we can't go yet. <laughs> oh my god, the the wheel, the rust has been showing. It must have been a month. We have one more top, one more. Oh thing. my goodness, touching yeah. grass, touching grass. <laughs> I was ready for it. <laughs> what are we doing? Touching grass. Uh, it's the segment, the unnamed segment, known by the fans as touching grass, where we talk about something that's been going on in our lives that is not melee related. Um, I feel like I've had a couple different things going on because it's been so long. Got to see uh, a few friends recently. I got to. Pff, here's a crazy thing. I haven't got to see him just yet because we're, we're planting making plans i have a friend from high school um he's on the boy genius album that's the the super the indie super group with uh lucy dacus famously known for that smash tweet um julia baker and phoebe bridgers uh i found out because i heard from a friend that he got shouted out at the at the concert i found out that he was a co-writer on one of the songs so that was kind of insane but i got to see some other friends uh hang out go you know get good food I saw Howl's Moving Castle in theaters. Um, but what I've been doing most, uh, more than anything, is watching sports. I know we've been using sports recently. And I think it's just divulging into, like, touching turf is the sports segment in Touching Grass. Um, but I got to do a couple of really cool things. I got to uh, go to a Phillies game, one of the last Phillies games of, this, of the regular season, uh, which with my... It was my brothers and sister, uh, my, my brother and sisters, which is um, kind of a rare time that we all get to hang out in one place. So that was a really nice treat. Uh, we won. So that was really fun. Uh, and then because of an anonymous benefactor who shall go unnamed, I got to go to my first Philadelphia Eagles game. Uh, and the fact that I did not put sunscreen on and got really bad sunburn is is not due to this anonymous uh, benefactor. But um, I had a wonderful time. I'm so glad that I got to go. It was a really nice treat. And I can't mention this without mentioning um, the Phillies are currently hitting fucking dingers at a literally historic rate. Uh, we are doing pretty well in the postseason, so it's been a real treat to get to watch 
uh, another possible World Series run. Fuck, I think I jinxed it, but whatever. But but it's it's been a very it's been a treat to watch some some nice playoff baseball uh, and to hit dingers like no others. So that's that's what I've been up to. Uh, Edwin, what do you think Zama's been up to? Um. <laughs> I feel like a lot's changed. For there has been, since the last time we talked to her, there's a lot different. Yeah. There's a lot that has changed. Go into it. Discuss it. I don't know. I don't think I can speak for her on this one. Okay. We'll, we'll bring it up in the makeup episode. Okay. What's been going on with you, though, Edwin Butter? Uh, a lot of sports. and de- Definitely a lot of sports. Okay. Uh, I w- Let's sandwich this, then. We'll get back to you. We just can't do sports twice in a row. Justin, what's sure. going on with you? I, if you say sports, we're going to fucking blow a gasket. It's not sports. That's like nice. the one thing I don't do. I do like, a, I'm like the jack of all trades. I do a million things. Sports is just not one of them. We it's should get into sports. Me. Well, I, I'm into sports. I used to play tennis. I used to play tennis. I was at the US Open like two years ago or so. It was That's fun. fun. We'll but, go to um, a Mets game. I'm down. And I'll, I hate the Mets, but. I'm still down. But uh, I've been doing a couple of things. I've been I'm going on an end of year trip to Japan, Korea, and Hong Kong. So I've been planning that, and making reservations for stuff. That's been fun. Uh, I've got a lot of travel for the next like couple of weeks that I've been planning and doing, and also been traveling a lot in general. So just a lot of like reservation stuff I've been doing. I went to Comic Con last weekend with a couple of friends, uh, two Saint being one of them, and uh, had a blast. Just fun walking around, etc. Um, the one thing that I've been doing a lot of recently though, I've been rewatch so I've been rewatching a bunch of Godzilla movies. I've been I'm trying mm. to rewatch every single Godzilla movie because I loved Godzilla as a kid. I used to go to G Fest with my dad. Um, and I think it was in Rosemont, Illinois, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, wow. And uh it was really fun. I uh I won the Godzilla Unleashed World Championships twice that uh when I was like younger there. So that's that's my 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 original gaming expertise. Yeah. But Watching a bunch of Godzilla movies, um, they are very mixed. I definitely remember ones that I saw as a kid, and I thought they were pretty good. And then I rewatched them as an adult, and I'm like, these movies are ass. Like, oh my god, these are terrible. Like, All Monsters Attack, which is about, like, a spinoff about Godzilla's child, Manila, might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It is terrible. But then other movies, like Godzilla 1954, masterpiece. Like, Shin Godzilla, masterpiece. And then, is there a difference between Godzilla and Gojira? Gojira. Uh, do you mean by the character name or the movie? The movie. Yes. So Gojira is the original 1954 Godzilla, and it is IMO a masterpiece. One of it's one of my favorite movies. Probably one of my top ten favorite movies. It is probably one of, if not the best monster movie ever created. Horrifying movie holds up really well. Like you can't tell it was made in 1954. It's it holds up so well. Um. 1956, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, also known as Godzilla. Uh, they added an American character. I think it was Raymond some, something. Might have been. I, I want to say it's Burr, but I don't remember. But they added Raymond an Burr was Ameri- an actor from that era. It was probably Raymond Burr then. Um, they added an American narrator. Hmm? He wasn't in your window? I, I didn't I believe know. believe so. I, I'll take your word on it. But 1956. Godzilla King of the Monsters. Uh, they shot a bunch of footage with this uh, with Raymond Burr. Um, they basically dubbed over all the lines of all the characters, removed some of the subplots, and instead of like making the viewers like figure out what was going on and having the mystery, because a lot of the original Godzilla 1954 is the people trying to figure out like what is happening to all these ships that are being eaten. Why are all these people disappearing? Why are these 
city is destroyed. So there's and like a it, mystery involved. Yeah, it's a mystery. Like in in the future Godzilla movies, when it gets more campy, it's like okay, you know Godzilla is like this dinosaur guy, and he's gonna like fight. <laughs> what if it monsters. wasn't Godzilla, and that's a, like they reveal? Wait, it's actually not that um hundred foot monster in the sea. Yeah. What if it wasn't? We don't know. They don't it's know just if it's this Godzilla. Guy. Yeah. Justin, tell me the woat and the goat of the Godzilla movies. I, I mean, I said it. One yeah. Uh, but no, I you mentioned Godzilla, the and then Godzilla's child. Yeah, all monsters attack is probably the woat, and Godzilla fifty four is the goat. But I'll probably okay, I'll give it. like let me give more obscure ones. I think that those <laughs> are like those are really like easy ones to note as like the give best us, and worst. Give us two more and okay. let's move on because and also like everyone's Godzilla... gonna talk about every sports game that happened yeah. in the last month and how depressed he is the other really bad Godzilla movie we talk about is the american remake i think it was like roland emmerich i don't know how to pronounce the name but his godzilla movie which is considered one of the worst but i'm not gonna say that one either um best and worst godzilla movies one of i think the best godzilla movie like this is underrated. like the goose con version of it right yes the goose con version godzilla mothra king Ghidorah, giant monsters all out attack made in, I think, 2001 or 2002. It is one of the most... Uh, it's an original Godzilla plot. Uh, the whole idea is that Godzilla is a villain again. He's, like, destroying the town. So they hire... Or they don't hire, but, like, the the the, the ancient Japanese monks, they use their rituals and summon these spirits of these monsters, Baragon, Mothra, and for the first time as a hero, King Ghidorah. It's the first time and the only time in the series he's been a good guy. And they all fight Godzilla and really good fights, very compelling plot. You don't know what's going to happen. There's good imagery overall. Godzilla, monster, uh, Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, giant monsters all out attack. Really good. They also bring back Baragon, who hasn't been seen since Destroy All Monsters, I believe. So, good movie. Um, Woat. Worst of all time movie besides that one. This is hard. I think Godzilla Raids Again is actually really bad. Uh, that's the Godzilla movie, the second Godzilla movie that came out after the first Godzilla movie. And it introduces a second monster, Anguirus, which is this like turtle guy with a bunch of like spikes on his back. And it's just like they try to keep the same like horrific tone of the first Godzilla, but they make it really goofy with the characters and the tones all over the place. And like Part of the original reason the first Godzilla movie is so effective is that you see like these sluggish, slow movements from Godzilla, this towering, hulking beast. They like slow down some of the shots to show you like this thing is like this very massive Titan that he cannot be stopped. In Raids Again, they don't care. The movie was made in six months. It was a fucking cash grab. So all the shots, you can tell it's a rubber suit. They don't give a fuck. All the, all the, like the, the sets were made in like a month. And it just doesn't work very well. Like, it's a classic. It's okay. But in comparison to the original Godzilla, it's ass. Justin, you have a lot of thoughts on this, I can tell. So I don't mean to set you off further. I've got four questions for you about Godzilla. And I just want you to rapid fire give me answers. Sure. Uh, what are your thoughts on the allegories of it? It's the bomb, right? It's the bomb. Is yeah, the, bomb? the original Godzilla movie is the like. What, what do you mean by like, my thoughts on it? Like, what my thoughts on the allegory? Uh, do you do you uh, think it was okay to drop the bomb? <laughs> oh, you want me to go that? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want you to get into that. I just I, I wanted to make sure it was the. Uh, I want to know what the allegory was, and I because uh, I believe yes. it was the bomb. I wasn't sure. Okay, second question. Um, 
MF Doom released an album under the name King Ghidorah, Take Me to Your Leader. I think it's 2001. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on that album, if I've any? I've never heard it. It's very good. Uh, number three, what are your thoughts on the song with P. Diddy that samples Led Zeppelin that was released on the Godzilla 99 uh, soundtrack? Never heard it. And number four, what are your thoughts on the allegations uh, that P. Diddy put in the hit for Tupac Shakur? No comment. Interesting. Okay. Um, Adamant, same four questions to you. Uh, What's the first one? Forget the first one. Second one, MF Doom, King Ghidra, Take Me to Your oh, Leader. Awesome album. Yeah. Very good. Uh, What do you think about that song that samples... Uh, what is it called? Something come. <laughs> I mean, come C O M E. Uh, it's too late. <laughs> um, what's it called? It's the it samples cashmere. P Daddy, you know that one? Uh, I it, 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 when you describe it like that, it sounds familiar, but I don't I don't remember like what it sounds like other than cashmere getting sampled. And then lastly, what are your thoughts on the uh, allegations that he put up the hit for Tupac Shakur? I. I... I believe it. Yeah, sure. Let's let's go with that. I'll 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 I'll, uh, I'll uh, gladly endorse a conspiracy. The show. Th- yeah, I gladly endorse a conspiracy theory that I haven't it's read not, into at it's all. It's by the guy who. So the the I don't think it's the FBI. There's a uh, the LAP uh, a Vegas PD, I guess, because he was killed in Vegas. I think the Vegas PD are like, we have our killer. <laughs> like they they finally figured it out, and that guy was like, yeah, two. Uh, Diddy paid for this. Now, how real is any of this? Who knows? It's it's got a little more credence than a conspiracy theory, though. Thank you very much. Uh, that being said, he did marry Bigfoot. That was also alleged. What have you been up to? Tell me about all the sports that you've been watching and going to. Um, uh, I've been going to see a couple of Patriots games. I've been watching a lot of Patriots game. Uh, it's made me want to drink bleach. It's pretty. It's pretty depressing. I even splurged. splurged for like two <laughs> Yeah, but this season is like a whole different level of bad. Uh, I uh, I briefly had like a sad moment where I was so upset about like none of the blowout games, but I was so sad that the Patriots lost like the second game of the season in a pretty like tight competitive game that I thought that like I got genuinely emotional thinking about the fact that my dog would not witness a, a, a Super Bowl victory. And it was like the most unhinged level, like unreasonable level of sad ever. I was actually like, getting choked up thinking about it when i expressed this to my spouse my spouse was like your dog doesn't know like what football is and it just like shocked me at how the fact that like i even thought this anyways uh no i i mean i've still been watching a bunch of football i splurge purchased madden so i've been playing that also but it's kind of funny because like the i've been trying to fix you the just said you went to multiple madden. patriots games and yet madden is the splurge <laughs> yeah i i just bought it i uh <laughs> 60 bucks I, I mean, <laughs> yeah yeah it's like it's funny because like i haven't bought a madden game or like played one in a long time so i'm like very rusty but because i'm in control like i can still kind of help the patriots or whomever i'm playing be better but i'm still like bad at the game so i'm throwing picks to the linebackers like every 15 passes or like ne- near picks or whatever but i'm having a good time it's it's fun um, my, my initial way of coping was watching old playoff games, but then I got like really sad, like what, like midway through. So I stopped that when it, it became unhealthy. So lately my, uh, lately my nights have been like, if, if, if I'm not watching the Patriots or football or something, I'm usually like doing franchise mode in Madden 
or, or cooking. Is Played your dogs. See? Yep. See, Arnold? This is what it looks <laughs> like if they win. Yeah, you, you, you met Arnold. He'll, he'll probably like, uh, he'll probably just like go on the floor and like stretch out in the rug. Oh, I, I got a new rug upstairs also. I guess I'm oh, wow. like splurge purchasing a bunch of stuff. Look at you, Madden and yeah. the new rug. You're going crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Next well, week, I'll, I'll talk about the Halloween party that I'm setting up. So that'll be fun. Can't wait. Everyone come back next week for this Halloween party talk. And so this <laughs> is kind of, uh, we haven't done an episode in a little bit, and we're kind of getting into the zone where uh, our producer gets mad at us for about to end the show and then spending another 20 minutes in the in the end of it. Um, so I think we uh, we were we were on the way out, and we, we nearly got there except for touching grass. But uh, I'm going to call it. Let's... Uh, Let's move on out here, here very soon. Before we can do so, we have to plug. Zamu, we plug for her. Uh, Justin, you plugged. But we've got some stuff to plug, obviously. We've got these episodes that go up on, on YouTube. Uh, they go up on the Melee Stats archive. You can watch them live at uh, twitch.com slash Melee Stats. Uh, we have MeleeStats.co where we put up weekly articles and we've got uh, daily results reporting on, on Twitter.com slash MeleeStatsPod. And if uh, if you have a keen eye, you might have seen that there's a little bit more to the Melee Stats Empire than just this. Over on YouTube at Melee Stats, we have long-form content. And uh, if you are a $5 tier member of Patreon.com slash MeleeStats, you can see our new long form video it's coming out next week we're going to talk about big house we're going to talk about the video we're going to kind of go into that next week apparently this halloween party we're going to talk about <laughs> so we're going to have a big episode uh next week but yes if you are or if you are someone who wants to watch the next long form video that we're putting out and uh it's not going to be some five minute dinky video if you it, it, you know it's i think it's worth your five dollars uh you can do so right now on patreon uh yeah i'm very excited I'm very excited to, I want to just spend more time talking about it because, you know, finally getting it released is something that that's kind of been really important, big deal for us. But uh, we will talk about that next week. We'll, we'll be able to stave off for, for a whole week. Um, but yeah, if you want to watch our new video, that is available. So you can do so patreon.com slash mainly stats if you want to watch it or if you just want to support us in the best way possible. Justin, thank you for so much for being on. Uh, thank you for having me. Apparently, you talked to Kadoran for a little bit, and now we kept you for two uh, two point some hours. So I appreciate you being on, Zamu. Uh, she's not here, but we did appreciate having her on. So I thought I had a very fun episode. Thank you so much for for uh, being on, and thank you so much for watching us. We'll be back next week to talk about Big House, talk about our new video, and talk about what uh, can only be described as one of the best Halloween parties of all time, presumably. We'll, so we will see you then. Peace.